episode 103 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Brandon Chowan. And tonight, it's a little special because episode 103 is seeing the return for one night only of our good buddy, Chris Ranson. Chris, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm fantastic. Good. We have not heard from you since episode 35 of the podcast. And here we are at episode 103. I know it doesn't seem that long. Like it just blows my mind that it's been that long that we've done that many shows since then. But yeah, episode 35. Yeah, the uh, Ash versus Evil Dead season finale, actually. Wow. And season two just hit Blu-ray. So perfect timing. Exactly. You just picked that one up. I did. On Steelbook. Yep. And it doesn't have a digital copy, so I'm a little bummed. I'm like, yeah, that's really 30, weird. 30 bucks and you're not going to give me a digital copy. Yeah. That is strange because oh. I felt like the first, did the first one have one? I don't remember. <laughs> gotcha. Well, fantastic. Well, I, I'm glad you're here. Unfortunately, um, M- Mark is uh, uh, out basically for the remainder of this podcast arc. Because of some work obligations, um, but he should be back with us once we jump over to the Roger Corman, Edgar Allan Poe cycle of films come about mid-September. Um, and uh, Ash got tied up at work as well this evening. Um, he may join us mid-episode, uh, but it's kind of up in the air at this point. So as of now, it's going to be you and I, Chris. So let's do this shit. All right. This is exciting. I have my yes. my glass of wine. I'm all good. <laughs> You're good to go. <laughs> Absolutely. So tonight, we are going to continue through our slasher resurgence arc, looking at urban legends from, or urban legend, no S, from 1998, and its sequel, Urban Legends, there is an S at the end of that one, Final Cut from 2000. And we are also going to move on to round 33 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge. Before we do that, though, let's talk about social media and how you can follow us outside of just listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. Also, make sure you're following along on our Cinefessions Instagram account where Mark posts loads of reviews and media pickups. So definitely give that a follow if you haven't. And he's actually still doing that while he is away for his uh, his work obligations. So you can definitely still follow along on there and, and keep up with him. You can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Cinefessions and check out our long list of past reviews and all previous, or actually, no, not all previous, but all 103 podcast episodes over at Cinefessions.com. And if you haven't already, make sure you are uh, following Cinefessions on YouTube because you can find, uh, one, you can find our first ever live episode that we recorded there uh, a while back, episode 100. And I am posting uh, more things on there in recent days. And so definitely give that if, uh, a follow if you haven't already. Subscribe there. Um, I actually have, uh, the other day I recorded some All Pro Football 2K8 footage from the Xbox 360. And I actually put it together into about a 15-minute video. And so I'm, I'm kind of contemplating if I should put that up or not. But I think I'm going to because why the hell not? Uh, but... Yeah, you'll be able to find that on our YouTube page once that goes live. Also, if you are a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Those iTunes reviews are incredibly essential 
to helping us grow. So we really thank you in advance for your all of your support there. And finally, we are proud to tell you that episode 103 of the Cinefessions podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial, so all of our Cinefessions listeners get an opportunity to check out their services. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, or your Kindle devices. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. All right, so let's dive into our week in media here. Um, I guess I'll start. I don't have too terribly much to talk about, so I'll, I'll jump in first if you don't mind. Sure. Awesome. So I haven't done too terribly much these past couple weeks outside of uh, Madden 17. I'm uh, now into my 10th season. I pulled off a big trade in season nine that ended up uh, costing me a, a trip to the Super Bowl for the first time since I started the franchise nine seasons earlier. Um, that said, though, this year I am doing much better. And I, again, I pulled off another big trade yesterday that I was really excited about. And I think this one's going to end up working out a lot better. Uh, so I'm actually excited to finish up this season and hopefully get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, that said, I I love Madden 17. I absolutely love it. And though I was planning on selling it to Best Buy, because you sent me, you know, that information, they're they're offering 25 bucks toward the purchase of Madden 18, which is, uh, yeah, which is coming out tomorrow. But I've decided that I am going to bypass that $25 and uh, just hold on to it because I put so much damn time into it. And I don't really want to lose all of that when I get the itch to go back to the franchise again, because I don't have to buy the buy the game again. You know, I'm really enjoying this franchise. So I... Of course, I'm grabbing Madden 18 tomorrow or today if you're listening to it on Friday, and uh, I'm going to start playing a new franchise there. But I've been bitten by some recent sports titles lately, just not enjoying the newest edition as much as I enjoyed the previous edition. And so I am going to keep Madden 17, um, at least for now, and then pick up Madden 18 and uh, go from there just because you put so much time into something, you don't want to just get rid of it. And then not have an opportunity to play it again if, you know, that that desire hits. So that's just what I've decided there. But that's how I became a hoarder. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know it's so true. But um, and actually, I, I did watch um, two shorter movies. Uh, both of them were actually sports documentaries from the ESPN 30 for 30 series. Um, you probably haven't watched any of those, have you? No. Yeah. Um, but I realized that. I own like the first, I don't know if it's called the season or the first series of it, the first 30 of them on Blu-ray. And I actually only ever watched um, King's Ransom, which is the first one about there, which is about the infamous Wayne Gretzky trade. Um, and I really wanted to watch Small Potatoes, which is about the USFL. Well, there was a film in between those two. So I figured, well, I might as well watch the second one before I go on to the third one. Um, and that one was called The Band That Wouldn't Die, which was about the Baltimore Colts marching band. Now, I didn't realize it before watching this doc, but the Colts actually left the city of Baltimore, like literally in the middle of the night with moving trucks without telling anyone that they were leaving. And so this left the Baltimore Colts marching band without a team to play for, which frankly, I didn't even know they had a marching band. But they decided the the marching band decided to stay together and play like various events in hope for an NFL team to return to the city of Baltimore, which of course, obviously, you know happened years later, what, 12, 15 years later, I guess it was, when uh, the original Cleveland Browns left Cleveland and moved to Baltimore to become the Ravens. 
So anyway, then obviously they are now the Baltimore Ravens marching band. But this one was pretty interesting just because I didn't really know much about it. Um, I didn't, frankly, when I put the disc in, I thought it was going to be about the, um, like the Stanford marching band. I think that's, that's the, the famous marching band who was ran onto the field before the game was over. Um, I thought that's what it was going to be about, but um, so I was interested to find out that it was actually about a professional football team that has a marching band, which I thought was really fascinating. But um, so that was pretty cool. But the reason I watched that one was to get to the third one, which um, it actually I could probably say the same thing for this. It's just I didn't know much about it. And frankly, I knew nothing about the USFL. Um, and this one was small potatoes who killed the USFL. That's what that's called. And. The quick answer to that, by the way, is surprisingly Donald Trump, which I found absolutely fascinating, but that's neither here nor there. Um, anyway, this one, it tells the three-year history of the NFL's biggest competition from the 80s, and it's an awesome fucking documentary for someone like me who loves sports and loves football, but I just wasn't around you know, for the years of the USFL, so I just didn't know much about it. And if you, like me don't know about it, but you love football, definitely check this one out because it is fascinating. Um, I actually like this one even more than the band that wouldn't die. Um, and now I really want to learn more about the USFL. And my buddy online, he told me about an author who's actually writing a book about the league. And I will definitely be picking that one up once it releases because the history behind this league is is just so fucking interesting to me. And and some of the names that they were able to lure in is fascinating because they're now NFL Hall of Famers, which is it's just so interesting. But I, I really it would be awesome if the USFL was still around today because it's just a, a very interesting and very cool alternative to the NFL. Once the NFL would end, then the Spring Football League, the USFL would pick up. So it'd be cool if we had something else like that. But we don't. So. Um, I ended up giving uh, King's Ransom, I'm sorry, not King's Ransom, um, which one? The Band That Wouldn't Die, three stars out of four, and uh, Who Killed the USFL, Small Potatoes, I'll give that one three and a half out of four. So that's pretty much what I did these past couple of weeks. Uh, so what about you, Chris? What have you been up to the past few weeks here? Well, that's not all you've done. Didn't you get the uh, Sigma thingy, or did you guys talk about that on the last podcast? I did. Yes, I did do the Sigma thing. Um, I believe we talked about that on the last one. Um, and uh, actually, uh, that's a good time to plug the YouTube video. Um, so if you are following us uh, on YouTube at Cinefessions, you will find my thoughts, my first impressions, and my unboxing of the Retro Engine Sigma. So definitely check that out. Um, I go into more detail there than I would here, but um, definitely worth checking out. Uh, yeah, and frankly, I was uh, surprised by it because I've seen so many negative things that come up came out about it once people finally received their systems, that I was actually surprised that mine functioned pretty well. Um, that said, I haven't touched it since I've messed with that video, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. That's that's just me. That's not its fault. <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't really done a whole lot. I don't. My weeks just blur together. Um. After a two and a half year hiatus, I finally beat uh, Final Fantasy Type Zero HD. Um, okay, and uh, is it an RPG or is it like an action game or what? Well, it's weird. It's it's not your nor. It's part of the I forget what they call it. It's like the Argito series. It, it connected to Final Fantasy Thirteen, but it takes place before. And basically, you're playing as like these school students. And they get sent out on these missions, and it plays like an action RPG, but okay, 
it's really weird. It's kind of like it has that card gameplay to it. I don't know if you've played um, Phantom Dust or anything like that, but basically you it's kind of like a Russian roulette of what your attack might be. So you can charge up your attack and it might give you like a burst shot or it might heal you or it might do this or it might do that. And you kind of have like a cool down period. It's not very fun. And no, no. no. (laughs) because no matter how high your level is, it's it's weird. There's very limited equipment to actually equip and you're given 12 party members and you, you have three in your active party. And then if someone dies, you can call one in or you can have online people like jump into your battle. And it's, it's funny because two and a half years later, still people would jump in and join my team. But wow. you, you die and like you can die in hits. You could be 30 levels higher than an enemy and it could kill you in like three hits. Oh my God. So That's it's so stupid. It gets frustrating. And, and the one thing I really hated was a lot of the boss fights you have to lose. Mm. and i hate that because you're like it, it just i don't know like What's once point? yeah yeah i i get it like early on like oh you're gonna get defeated by this guy and your team is gonna right. get stronger but you constantly have to lose these fights and even you can't even lose the final boss like it's hmm. so stupid like basically you lose because you can't win and then <laughs> It, it auto heals you. Like it could do nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage, and it'll just keep rehealing you until you <laughs> do a counter attack, which is all timed. And like one of the characters plays a flute. Like she doesn't really have an attack. Like she just plays the freaking flute. So you have to hope that you can hit the button early enough to activate the counter attack because you only have so much time after you you know dodge the attack to initiate and magic's really slow and so you're praying that you have that like millisecond to hit and it's so stupid and you can't lose and it's like what's the point if i if i can't there's nothing and it just annoyed me Mm. and then the other thing i did was i rented well first i bought uncharted the lost legacy i pre-ordered it so i could get the free code for (laughs) pre-ordering it to get jack and dexter in HD on the PlayStation 4. And then I returned it because Redbox had it for rent. So I'm like, $3, that's, you know, I'd rather pay $3. It's, you know, a six-hour yeah. game. So I went to Redbox, and I always do the ad movie, check out and see what they offer me. And they offered me a free game. And I'm like, well, how can I say no to a movie and Uncharted for $1.50? Right. That's just crazy. Yeah. And then I pretty much, be, I think my final play time was four hours and 44 minutes. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, I rushed a little, but there's no, there right. was no guides. There was, you know, I missed a lot. I mean, I'm not saying I got like a hundred percent, but yeah. I mean, it was decent. I mean, mm-hmm. the initial load time is ridiculous. It was a good like oh, really? three or four minutes, but then there's wow. no load times after that. So oh wow, that's pretty. So yeah, cool. yeah, it streamed it, and it, it it was interesting playing like an Indiana Jones type game as a female character. Okay. And they don't make her just strong like a guy. She she's obviously a little weaker. She's mm-hmm. you know, she's not buff or anything. So yeah. it's kind of the two girls end up, you know, just kind of kicking ass and the main villain's basically like a Hitler type. Oh, so okay. You you're basically punching a Nazi for most of the game. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that punch a Nazi. Yeah. So did it feel like just playing Tomb Raider then or? No, it felt like Uncharted. It definitely okay. has that wide scope. And 
it, it's funny because the I can't even Chloe is the main girl, and I don't know what like her nationality is, but mm-hmm. she's not like American. She's not like white. Gotcha. But she she's that the archaeologist daughter type, and then okay. you have sassy Nadine, who's the black girl from Part Four. If you've played Part Four, I don't want to ruin it. If you haven't. But no, um, yeah. she shows up. This takes place after four. Okay. And they, they teamed up and she's kind of like she wants to get back something. And so she's kind of wisecracking. She's not smart, but she's street smart. So, OK, but she's more violent and more. Pr- but you don't get the play as her. You play solely mm-hmm. as Chloe. I don't I don't think it has co-op at all. It'd be pretty cool if it did, but I don't think it does. But it has online multiplayer, just like Uncharted 4 did. Okay. I mean, there, there's a lot of content for 40, and I believe if you got like the season pass, you automatically got the game because it was an expansion that was supposed to be in the season pass. Oh, that's pretty cool. And it was it was so big they decided to release it as a budget game of. I mean, it was only forty bucks. I mean, it's not right. like crazy sixty or eighty. Yeah. But speaking of budget, when's NAC two coming out? Do you remember the release date for that? September fifth, I want to say, and the red box oh. is going to carry that as well. That's cool, yeah. So that's, that's probably that's what like I'll do. Very soon. Okay. Yeah, and it, I believe it's couch only co-op. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe that's what I read. That sucks. If you're talking about playing that, that would have been a I fun know. one to play together. Damn, I, I didn't realize that. But I mean, so, fuck, it's like it's, it's a budget game though. It's only forty bucks, so yeah, and thirty-two that's if you use the yeah. discount Best Buy. So I mean, right. thirty-two. I mean, that's basically nothing anymore. Yeah, exactly. Half but, the cost of a new game. But that's about it. I started watching the um, Witchcraft film series because it was streaming yes. on, on Amazon. <laughs> and, you know, I remember, I don't know which one I rented as like a young teen. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it with my neighbor and my mom making us return it or his mom. One of our moms made us return it because it was like full on oh. soft corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. So I watched the first five, and like the first one was kind of like, okay, this is okay. There's no like softcore porn. I don't know at what point they decided to go to softcore porn route. But <laughs> well, four was that decision made. Yeah, four was a low peak. It, it was four was really bad, and five, okay. five had some like amazing, you know, NC seventeen sex scenes going on. I think yeah, I sent you, you the clip of the shower. Yeah, you did. She was very attractive. Absolutely. And that scene went on for about oh, five to ten minutes of the shower wow. sex, and then just that's awesome. Like, and it was just zooming in on boobs and like nipples and water cressing down them. I'm like, this is just <laughs> like it reaches the point of absurdity where you're like, oh, okay, well we've gone here and this is what we've done and it's okay. Right. <laughs> that's awesome yeah and then but sadly like it's weird amazon has the first five and that doesn't have like six seven or eight but it has nine ten eleven and then oh, you okay. can pay the stream like 12 through 16 or whatever number it's up to oh gotcha so i'm a bit bummed i'm like oh oh i've suffered through five but now you're just gonna cut me off yeah that sucks See? It's a tease, just like the fucking movies <laughs> exactly we're gonna see something up cut away Damn. But what's funny is they actually have plots and stuff. Really? Yeah. Is there like Like an overarching plot to the whole thing? Yeah, there's one main warlock. Oh, okay. Like he 
spoiler alert, but in the first one, I mean, come on, this is, what, yeah, 27 years old. But he's born in the first one. Okay. And then I think he's a teenager. I think he was a teenager in the second one. Then he's an adult in the third and on. Okay. But I think the third one was the one where it's like two warlocks fighting over like a girl. Like the one just thinks he can fuck whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. And so he like rapes the dude's girlfriend. And then like they have like this like warlocks. I don't know. That's around <laughs> the time it was getting sexy. Yeah. They're like, ooh, they're going to have sex. And you get to see some like sexiness. You're like, oh, that's kind of erotic. How weird. <laughs> but, oh man yeah. i just i watched the trailer because you were talking about them, so i watched the trailer for like the most recent one mm-hmm. and uh it looks just bad like they go straight to like uh you know really bad cgi effects and everything uh, that is the, I, I don't understand why like even marvel is doing it where just make the fucking set or just make the piece. It has mm-hmm. to be cheaper than doing this subpar CGI where I can tell right. that the eight Marvel characters flying across the screen are not real <laughs> or the background. It just looks bad. But yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff is doing that anymore and it's disappointing. Right. Um, talk about some of the, the recent pickups you did because I know you we talked, you did uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. That was a steelbook yeah. and you grabbed a couple, another steelbook that day too, right? Yeah, I picked up, let's see, what what's uh, Thursday? Wednesday, I picked up Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2, which I didn't even like, but I wanted the steelbook because I bought Season 1, and it had a steelbook, so I had to have yeah. Season 2. And I mean, it was only 30 which I mean, if you got like the Star subscription, it's what, $10 a month, and there's right. 10 or 12 episodes, so you'd be stuck with it for about that price anyways. Yeah. And then I picked up um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I went with the basic bitch version of the Steelbook, so it was 25 okay. and you get the Blu-ray, the DVD, which I think is just stupid that they still include DVDs, and you get a digital copy. Mm-hmm. And I know they had, the only way to get 3D was to buy the Steelbook that had the 4K disc, and it was okay. $10 more, and I just don't, I don't have a 4K player or a 4K TV, right. so there was no reason for me to upgrade for the three D yeah, disc, which yeah, so it was thirty five for okay. it. I'm like, I'm like, uh, if I liked the movie, I'd pay it, but I didn't mm-hmm. like it. And Jeff watched it the other day, and he was like, eh, it tries too hard to be, you know, it tries too hard to recapture the first film instead of just oh okay doing its own thing, right? I mean, I haven't yeah, rewatched I like... it, so yeah, I like the first one. I uh. Uh, Mark gave that to me as a best in the backlog film a couple months ago. Now I guess it had to be probably even a few months ago now, and yeah. uh, I really liked the first one. Oh yeah, the first um, one's really good. I didn't like it as much as I liked uh, Deadpool, but it's kind of in the, a similar vein, and you know I enjoyed it. But uh, so I'm interested to see this one. Bridget really wanted to go see it in theaters. We just we never go to the theater, so that didn't happen. Yeah, but, no. I know. You, um, you speaking of Planet of the Apes and everything or whatever. Yes, I know exactly. And speaking of that. Um, you and I have been talking about this a little bit and it's kind of set the, uh, you know, film Twitter a buzz because movie pass has dropped their price to nine 99 a month. Now I think this is only good in the States as far as I can tell. Um, but basically what it is movie pass, you sign up, you pay nine 99 a month. There's no monthly commitment. Uh, you, so you can cancel whenever you want. Um, you have to receive the card in the mail. And then once you receive the card in the mail, you it's like a debit card basically, and you can use that to pick up your tickets that you've reserved on the via the app. You use them to pick them up at the kiosk. Now you can only watch one movie a day, 
but you can go literally every day of the year and see another movie. And it only is 10 bucks a month. So, I mean, that sounds really good. Right. Um, but we've been kind of concerned because you were reading that some people hadn't yet received their debit card to actually use it. And I was curious, have you heard any updates on that? Anyone that said, oh, I finally got it or anything like that? Uh, I haven't. I I was viewing a Facebook post. I forget even where. It might have been like Horror Hound or something because I belong to a couple different groups where people had joined it. But I mean, it's a it's it sounds too good to be true. And I just don't see how that works. Because even at the $30 a month, I mean, that's still pretty cheap when it right. was 30 Because, right. I mean, you're getting like five movies a month or five movies a week, probably. I know my theater is getting seven movies tomorrow. So I would be set. I could see yeah. all of them, you know, mm-hmm. for $30 instead of paying, I don't know, sometimes it's $12 yeah, to see exactly. a movie and it's just ridiculous. But, I mean, it just sounds too good to be true. And you lose a week that first time. Right, right. And that's my thing. That's, you know, that's my dad always said. If it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Um, But, you know, because it's MoviePass and it has that name behind it, um, you know, people that I followed online have been using it since it started and they enjoy it for whatever, you know, they pay that 30 bucks or whatever it used to be and it was worth it to them. When it came out at that price, I just, I always said it was too much. You know, it's just not something I would get the money out of. Um, but now it's down to 10 bucks. Um, I keep talking about it, I keep saying it, but I think I am going to try it. Um, I, the thing is, Bridget is not really into it because she's like, oh, I just, it's going to force me to see movies that I don't want to see. And it's, uh, you know, and sometimes I just don't feel like going to the movies, you know, fair enough. That's fine. And so I think I'm just going to try it myself and just see if I use it because I'll be going to movies by myself. That means, which frankly, I've never gone to a movie by myself. So uh, I do not it that I'm, all the time. I know you do. My buddy, Joe, he goes all the time by himself. And it's not that I'm incapable of doing it. I just haven't done it. And obviously, I'd rather go with my wife, you know, but um, if she doesn't want to go to some of these, that's fine. Um, but I think I'm going to try it. Just see, you know, it's 10 bucks. Worst case scenario, I'm out 10 bucks. And you have a if new I video. See- and what? And you'll have a new video to make about it. See? Yes, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you're so right. Like, uh, it's so low risk that it's worth trying. The other concern I had is the movie theaters that are available for it because it was at first you can't pull it up on your phone uh, to the web. You go to the website and you can't get to the portion that you can get to when you go to it on your computer. The yeah, map that you put in your zip. Eighty shit right there. <laughs> and that is, it is, yes. And so I had uh, Brad, Brad Hend- uh, Henderson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Brad, Brad Henderson Brad. Um, <laughs> from uh, the Screamcast. He had it and he tried it and he put in the zip code for me. And there was only one movie theater that I normally go to on there that said it was u- usable. But then I went to the website on the computer, typed in my zip code, and it lists all the movie theaters around here that I normally use. There's three. And one of them, I actually only use one really because it's just a really nice one. And uh, that one was on listed on the website and so like my concern is which is right is the website right or is the app right and i I don't know and so that's my other concern why i haven't done it but you know what fuck it i'm i get paid tomorrow i'm gonna sign up tomorrow see i'll let you guys know how long it takes to get the card um and uh if it if it's worth it you know if it works for me basically because if if it's worth it it's going to depend on you you know how often do you want to get out of the house and go to the theater you could literally go every day and obviously it's worth it my my major concern is, is it 
<laughs> is it real? Is it genuine? Is it actually going to work? And at what theaters? And so I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll let you guys know. Uh, I'll uh, let you guys know in the next recording uh, where we're at. And obviously you follow me on Twitter. I'm sure I'll post about it there, but we'll see. Again, worst case scenario, I'm out 10 bucks and that's that. So, And you'll get to see it in theaters. I mean, I mean, you get paid what? Yes. Tomorrow. So, I mean, you, you should have your card by the time it comes out. I hope. I hope so. When, what's the release date for it? Uh, not next Friday, but the following Friday. So that's also your payday. Okay. I mean, you have no excuse. Yep. Exactly. I know. And see that one actually Bridget wants to see. So I know it <laughs> Shocking looks enough. I saw I one know. trailer and I was like, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's when I've been trying to avoid the trailers. I know I want to see it. And so I've been trying to avoid the trailers. I was watching something the other day, the trailer came on and like I was like looking at the TV, trying to look away, look away. Like I don't want to see anything. I don't want anything spoiled. And it looks, it looks good. Like I'm really excited to see it. So, speaking of, I need to watch. I've never. I'm just like talky, talky, talky. But I've never watched. It's all the, the wine. I, <laughs> oh man, I've never watched like the miniseries from start to end before. I need to do that before I watch this. Uh, this remake. I watched it as a kid, and I don't remember yeah. liking it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but. I don't like Stephen King things in general. Like I, I just don't. I, I no, feel they yeah. they bottom out. Like they start promising, and then they kind of just lose it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like The Shining, and the few books I've read, I haven't liked. Okay, but um, I mean, there's a few really things you know, cute, cute, Cujo I liked. Um, and I could probably ramble off a few other smaller things yeah. that I like, but mm-hmm. book wise, Cell, I love Cell. Okay. Until about halfway. And then um, it's a long fucking book. Yeah. And it just bottoms out like instantaneously. <laughs> just You're like, oh, that sucks. That's what we're doing. <laughs> kind of like watching Walking Dead season one and then realizing how awful the first half of season two is. And you're like, oh, <laughs> nothing's going to happen for the next eight episodes. And it's in the barn the whole time. Yeah. See, I I enjoyed season two of Walking Dead, but I know many people don't. I gave up on that show after like season five, and it's what on season eight now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Bridget and I are still back. Um, we finally finished season three, so we're at the beginning <laughs> of season four. We're like a couple episodes in, and uh, I just I'm terrible with sitting down and watching shit. Like if I put something on, it's usually YouTube anymore. So or WWE Network, but yeah, I've been watching Anywho. Digimon season two. Oh, that's random. And, and it flies by because like, they're only like 20, 20 minute long episodes, but there's 50 or 52 or something. So there's a lot of episodes oh, in the set because I want yeah. I, I want to get through them all. And I had watched season one years ago, three years ago when I first got that set. And I haven't watched season two and I have three, four and I think five sitting here. Oh, OK, so I want to get through them. Plus, they had the uh, the new series which is movie. I don't, it, it's weird how they did it. Cause it's basically they did three episodes and then turned them into movies. And there's like five movies of, so there's like 15 episodes spread out into like three movies or five, whatever. I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but <laughs> that's how it is. And so yeah. it takes place after season two. So I'm like, I'll finish okay. season two. And I just bought the second movie. I saw the first one in the theater I, I need to hmm. buy it, but I'm cheap. Yeah. But I bought the second is one. Is Digimon? Hmm. Is it just like a Pokemon ripoff with like digital or like? 
Sort of. Basically, these seven kids go to summer camp. And it's like before they leave, they get sucked into the digital world. And they find out that they all had this connection, like, when they were six or so. And the digital monsters had entered the real world. And there was, like, a Godzilla-esque battle. And it had ended. But they had all witnessed it. And they've become, like, the Digi-Destin. So they use their their specific... They were each... They each find their own Digimon that connects to them. And they get these okay. different crests, like hope, courage, that represents who they are. But, I mean, each season is, like, 50 episodes long. Wow. And there's always, like, three different story arcs within a season. Is it a little... It sounds... Maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds a little more mature than Pokemon, maybe? Yes. The first okay. season involves, like, the the final arc, because Ty's sister, Kyrie is only, like, four or five. But it involves, oh. like, child kidnapping and all of that oh, wow. stuff. Um, season three, one of the main characters, Digimon, dies, like, forever. And wow. they, they actually edited it in the U.S. where she actually just tries to kill herself oh my over it because she's so upset because it's a part of her. Wow. Spoiler. I mean, it was, what, 20 years ago, but still. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Is um do you know is season one streaming anywhere? Oh, um, I'm not sure. Um, if it was, it would probably be Netflix or Hulu. Okay. But you know what? It might be like on Crunchyroll or one of those weird anime streaming sites. Oh, okay. And you can sign up for those for like five bucks for a month. So Yeah. But I mean it's I think the first thirteen episode no wait. It's usually yeah, the first thirteen is usually one story arc. And then you have, like, the oh, okay. middle story arc, kind of like the redemption arc. And then you have, like, the final arc where, gotcha. you know, something else was behind it all and this is what's going on. Hmm. But only seasons one and two are connected, I think. I think there might be oh, a okay. carryover character for season three. But after that, you know, Digimon stay the same kind of. They No one ever mm-hmm. has the same ones, but they all. It's a general idea of, you know, you have someone that's the leader. You have you know, kind of the outcast character or the nerdy character. You have relationships, siblings, blah, 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 blah. But I've only ever seen the first three fully, and I've seen half of season four because it was when, after season three, it left Fox and went to, like, UPN or one of those weird networks no one ever got unless they had cable, (laughs) (laughs) which happened to Buffy, too, so I'm sure it was probably around that time. But I remember I had a geo city site and i was watching season yes. four and i would do summaries of the episodes when i could watch them and i i had like oh the first God. 12 or 13 episodes like blow by blow like if a character breathed <laughs> it was in this like oh. thing i wrote yeah this makes me so fucking happy I w- is this still <laughs> up can you find this geo city's website anywhere um, still i don't think so Oh my god, you gotta look after we're done here tonight, you gotta look, because I need to see that shit. Yeah, I think all the GeoCity sites went down, didn't they? You know, it's funny you mention that, because I just watched a YouTube video that was about this guy's GeoCities website from when he was, you know, like, I think it was when he was in high school he had it. And I don't know if the website was live or if he just had it archived, so I'm not sure, but... I, I imagine you're probably right. I imagine he probably just had it archived somewhere. But yeah, and it was, it was fascinating. a stupid web address. It was like, I love scary movies at <laughs> geocities.com or something stupid like that. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, it was one Man, of my I wish things. I could, 
I wish I could pull up my old like angel fires, what I used to use oh, all the yeah. time. I had one of those e-feds. Oh my god, I did so many different e-feds. It was amazing. I don't even know what an <laughs> oh, e-fed is. Uh, like a basically like a online wrestling federation. Where oh. you would, yeah, just like type up promos and ha- run cards and blah blah blah. It's yeah. Fucking ridiculous. When I had Angel Fire, I had I worked at a movie theater, so I was reviewing all the movies I saw. There. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's all I remember. I think I did like game reviews. So that was like PlayStation okay. 2 era. Yeah. Because I know I didn't really have access to the internet until the Dreamcast came out. So like oh, 99. Okay. And that like blew my world. I was like, oh my God, I have like this yeah. cheap internet thing. You know, the Dream for right. Dreamcast, it got killed by emulation. And that kind of sucks. It was ahead yeah. of its time. I, it really was too when you like research it and dive into it. But right? obviously, if you lived through it, you know, right. you know. But um, oh, I used to know, go on like the chat rooms. Like I was always on. I'm still friends with people I met. Like I'm Facebook friends with people I met in the chat rooms in 1999. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. And there's some people I'm like, I wonder whatever happened to Kubrick because there was one guy like in the <laughs> chat rooms named Kubrick. And like, I wonder yeah. what happened to him. Because I remember he lived in like um, Baltimore, Maryland. I just okay. remember this story that he went with some friends somewhere and like ended up doing coke off of a hooker and then fucking her in the backseat <laughs> of a taxi or something. And I'm like, what? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Back in That's the day. Awesome. That's, That's I why love. I don't go to Baltimore. No, I've been to Baltimore <laughs> once. It was, it was okay. That, that That's a whole other story, though. Yeah. So one more thing before we move on, because you mentioned it and it maybe because I wanted to ask you about it. Uh, you did. You got a digital copy of Shin Godzilla. Talk about that a little bit. How was that? Because I really want to see that one. Well, I saw Shin Godzilla last year in the theater because it was like okay. a two, two night only or one night only. And of course, Cinemark was the only place that had it. So it was a mm. little bit of a drive. And I think I think I was in Washington, D.C., like on vacation. And then I came back and I'm like, I have to go. Like, I have to go see yeah. this movie. I'm this huge Godzilla nerd. Right. So I've been holding off because the Blu-ray is 20 bucks, And I mean, that's cheap. I mean, I'm not going to lie. But there's basically no special features except for, like, Godzilla versus nerds or something. And I'm like, A, that title annoys me. B, <laughs> a friend watched it and said it was awful. And I'm like, well, oh, I'm not. Why do I need it? But right. if you go on sites like Vudu, you can buy either or the Japanese or the English dub. Okay. Now, when I saw it in the theater, I saw it in Japanese. And subtitles are just hard to read sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it requires so much attention. And especially with this Godzilla, because you have the, not only the spoken dialogue, but anything written that's important is popping up on the screen, too. So you have, like, double, double subtitles sometimes. Like, you have something in the top, and you have something on the bottom. So you're okay. trying to, like, concentrate. But right. I watched the dub... This past week, or the other, I don't remember what day, it all blurs together. And the dub is pretty awful. Kind of like what you'd expect, but it was worse than yeah. I envisioned in my head. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's not good. And yeah. I mean, I gave the movie a three out of five. So I'd probably okay. give like a three out of four on on the scale here. But like some, some douche nozzle on letterbox, as they all yeah, are, of course. told exactly. me I like left my manhood somewhere. Because yeah. I watched the dub version. I'm like, I just wanted to experience what the dub was. I don't see what the problem is. Sometimes I just don't want to read the movie. I want to enjoy everything. Mm-hmm. But 
the movie itself is it's interesting because you have the American Godzilla film, which focused a lot on the humans who were basically generic. Yeah. And very little Godzilla action. Well, this one is weird because Godzilla starts as like this, um, I don't know, like a worm thing. Okay. Like it, and then he evolves throughout the film. So it's constantly growing from the nuclear energy. So it's kind of like a reboot sort of, mm. but it, it, and the effects are awesome because they go back to like making the costumes and all of that. So it's all the rubber monster, but it looks really awesome. I mean, there's some CGI work, obviously, but there's a yeah. bit much of the human aspect. And then they like bring in this person from America to help. I don't know. It gets a little foggy and just, okay. I'm like, there's just two, it's two hours long and you're like, Oh, this is a bit too, it's a little too much human more so than the other films, like the earlier okay. films. But I mean, I just rewatched all of the Godzilla films. So yeah, exactly. Th- they exactly. all actually have a lot of the human stuff like that. That seems to be a big aspect of it, but this mm-hmm. one does have some really cool effects. And I mean, the first Godzilla, you know, evolution is kind of gross it's like this worm looking thing and he looks pretty <laughs> badass in the end i mean it's awesome. entertaining and if you like godzilla you're going to like shin godzilla yeah I mean, yeah right now it's 23 bucks on blu-ray and so i'm waiting for that i'd like i would pick it up if i can find it somewhere around like 15 17 so hopefully yeah. i can get it on sale at some point because i definitely want to get it yeah i belong to like this google group that people sell their voodoo copies or their uv or iTunes, yeah. whatever you want and Mm-hmm. It was $8 or whatever it was. I think it was 8 for the digital, and it came with both versions, oh, okay. Japanese and English, because they're selling theirs from the DV, or the Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray comes with right. the dual language format. So I was like, it's a no-brainer to spend $8, and I get both. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I imagine it'll be on sale eventually. Cause, yeah, I, mean, I would think you know, so. Holidays are coming up. And it's 20 new at Walmart, so I mean... Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why Amazon's yeah. higher, because it pops up yeah, in my what-you-want thing, and it keeps jumping between 20 and 23. I'm like, that's weird. Oh, just, yeah. Just stay somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. Well, awesome. So, let's do this thing. Let's jump over to our reviews for the week. So, first up is... Urban Legend from 1998. So, as always, there will be spoilers for Urban Legend and Urban Legend's final cut, so keep that in mind. There will be major spoilers for both of these films. You have been warned, and this is your last warning. So, Urban Legend, with a original theatrical release date in the U.S. of September 25th, 1998, was directed by Jamie Blanks, written by Silvio, Silvio Horta, It has an IMDb score of 5.5 out of the 50,348 votes. It has a Metacritic score of 35, a 20% tomato meter score with an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 37%. It had a $14 million budget with a $38 million gross, and it comes in at a 99-minute runtime. So, Chris, what is your history with Urban Legend? So I, back in the day, so I was probably, what, 15 when this movie came out? Okay. And I was getting Fangoria, like any true horror nerd, nerd would. And there was a spread on this, you know, with all the gory, 
little like photos from it and I, I of course saw it opening day because I had to see it right. opening day. I mean, so that's my history. And I actually watched it Ooh. earlier this year. Um, it might have oh, been okay. for the challenge, it, the Summer Screams challenge. It might not have. I don't yeah. remember. It. No, I have no idea. I don't remember. <laughs> but I know. I know. I watched it. This was my second time this year watching it. Very cool. Yeah, I watched it. Recently, which frankly, I probably could have looked on Letterboxd before we started, but I didn't. Um, I feel like I may have watched it recently enough that it was in there. But It is on there. Um, bef- oh, okay. Um, yeah, so the first time I watched this, I um, it- it's weird because when Blockbuster was going out of, or was getting, ri- not going out of business, but selling their, um, like uh, liquidating their VHS tapes, my mom actually picked this one up for me when she was out because she knows I liked, you know, these types of films. And so that is like my first memory of this. I never saw it in theaters or anything. And I don't even know if I, I'd heard of it before then. I, I don't remember. But uh, my first time watching was actually on VHS after VHS was in vogue. So it was, you know, much, much later than that. But um, and uh, I remember liking it. Um, I don't remember watch. I know I've watched it since then, but I don't remember what my my thoughts were on it. I did give it an IMDb score of um, seven out of 10. And so that's my history with Urban Legend. So let's see if that's changed at all. So right from the beginning here, we get this really cool intro. I really like this, the start of this one. Um, and as soon as they start playing the the turn around, you know, turn around, bright eyes, that part that started playing. <laughs> I know. Um, I was just waiting for someone to like jump out of the back seat and it wasn't happening and i was like oh i think this happens but it didn't happen right away and i was like okay um and then we are introduced to brad duriff's character who i think is just excellent in this little small role he has here with his little speech impediment he's fantastic i never even realized it was him until like a few years ago when i was like oh yeah because i i always forget what he looks like i guess and okay. He didn't sound obviously. He doesn't sound like Chucky <laughs> in the movie. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But um. Yeah. He's 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 really good here. Um. And then I just re- I was like, oh my god, this this chick dirt deserves to die. She freaks out over very little in the beginning here, and poor Brad can't get his damn word out because of a speech impediment. Um. But that said, it does make for a really kick ass opening. Um. It's just, it, it kind of, right from the beginning, it throw it throws you for a loop. At least it threw me for a loop. Um, and I absolutely love that. Yeah, it definitely has that, it, it goes with the urban legend of, you know, the, mm-hmm. the person in the backseat. I yeah. love the fact that, you know, the song is so on point. They're telling yes. you that, you know, this is what we're doing and you're just going to have to deal with it. Like, right. this is, it's setting you up. It's kind of like, have you seen The Kingsman? Uh, no, I've not. It starts off with like the subpar CGI balls to the walls ridiculousness. So you know, okay. like from the start, that what you're getting into, that it's mm-hmm. not going to be, you know, like watching The Queen or watching any Oscar nominated film. That's not what this is going to be. And, yeah. And this opening, I really, I love the shot as she's running back to her car. And it's a crane mm-hmm. shot because I listen to the commentary. So I have all these fancy notes because I took notes for the Go entire ahead. opening and then I gave yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> but basically the crane shot kind of like sways and twists in the air and it gives this really 
cool angles as it's going in as she's running to yeah. her car. No, it does. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah. And then, like the rain coming down, it just, it looks so good. And she sings just like me in the car. Like she's right. she obviously <laughs> doesn't know all the words and it's yes, okay. exactly. He's going with it. Oh, I love it. That's so funny and so true. And I also love that the gas was a dollar fourteen a gallon. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I I don't I don't remember those days, but I know exactly. Oh man, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So so uh, great opening there. Um, and then we get the introduction of Tara Reed's character, who is Sasha. Um, and I. I wish that we got more of her work at the radio station because it's always fucking ridiculous and hilarious. Like this first one's talking about the girl who swallows. I know. I love um, it. <laughs> like it's so fucking ridiculous. And then Spit later it on, out. Obviously, I, that's <laughs> kind of the problem. <laughs> oh, man. It's so stupid. Um, and then later on, you know, they get stuck in the sex position. Uh, it's just ridiculous <laughs> shit. And so I would love like uh, at least a third uh, take there, you know, a third uh, yeah. something else there. I, uh, I think it's like her, it's her best part. I mean, fuck, I think she was an American Pie, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck that. This is her best role, <laughs> I think. It's before she went yeah. all, you know, Barbie and had some bad surgeries and work done yeah i I do like her on sharknado but that's a whole other kind of thing because she's obviously right being bad in shark i mean she's a fucking cyborg now in sharknado i mean Uh, yeah it's all good i still watch those i don't care about the haters exactly fuck the haters um i did not so what one of my favorite things about this is the casting like it has such a good fucking cast i know like so you get um pacey right from the beginning pacey yes exactly you get uh joshua jackson brad dourif tara reed jared leto uh leto leto fuck it jared leto however you say it and then and robert england is introduced and then i did not realize it until this time watching it that her fucking roommate tosh is my girl fucking danielle harris see i thought you knew that because i didn't realize it like the first yeah. eight times I saw the movie that it was <laughs> until much later. And yeah, Alicia Witt is the main about. character. And I think she was, yes. she was kind of it. She was one of the, she was, she wasn't um, a chick from, I still know you did last summer, Jennifer. Oh, Love Hewitt. She, she wasn't yeah. that tier, but she was like the next tier below that. Of okay. Like I didn't realize upcoming that. Star. Yeah. Plus she's a redhead. So she's automatically hot. <laughs> and then we have oh, our favorite crazy lady and then her name eludes me what's um, her name uh rebecca gayhart yes Miranda? yes yes i love yeah, her rebecca in gayhart. this movie yeah she was me too she's so like and and when i love her is is just like her final moments at the end which we're jumping oh, ahead obviously but yeah. she's so like over the top but it works so fucking well because she's so committed to it like it's great yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Damon coming from, uh, from behind after they saw, after they say Bloody Mary five times, that was the, the first jump scare that got me. I was like, oh, yep, you got me. (laughs) Um, but, um, I love how, how blatantly Brenda, who, who, I love that Brenda's last name is Bates, Brenda Bates. (laughs) I appreciate that little nod. 
Um, but I love that she like how obviously she's in love with Paul. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I, I, um, I love this movie. Spoiler. Yeah, no, it like it, it is. It's very well put together. It's just it's better than you would expect it to be. But I, I think it's um, because it's so self-aware too. Like it, exactly, it, I I use that word so much. Yeah, in my my description of it, absolutely. Like, if, here's a great example. When when Damon gets his car to start, when he's sitting in the car with uh, with mm-hmm. uh, Natalie, the fucking Dawson's Creek theme starts plays for like two seconds. Right. I mean, that's fucking fantastic. So, I, I listened to the commentary on this viewing, and they yeah. literally tortured Joshua Jackson on Really? Set. Every time he left his trailer, the theme song would play from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> They said they they awesome. did that take thirty times just to get the most annoyed reaction from him. That's and, fucking great. I know, and it's it's beautiful, and it really I mean, is. See, like that's I mean, shit this, I didn't get until this viewing. Like, yeah, I mean, this was the time when the Dawson's Creek people were doing their thing. Like James Vanderbeek yeah. did Varsity Blues, and Katie Holmes right, did right. Uh, Disturbing Behavior. Mm-hmm. I don't know what uh, uh, Michelle Williams did. I mean, she did all kinds of things, but I mean, her right. big break was Species. She she that was her first film, I think, was Species. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yep, I've she never is seen the, any of the Species movies. But... She's the little girl in the beginning who then turns into Natasha Hindridge or whatever her name is. Oh, okay. Yep. Very cool. Interesting. Um, I love how. I love Natalie literally punches him in the face without a second thought. <laughs> I was like, good fucker deserved it. But, um, I really, I liked Damon's kill. Um, and I liked it a lot because it was, it was basically Natalie killing him by driving away. Obviously she doesn't know it, right? but because she drives away is, you know, how he's hanged. And so I thought that was, that was really well done. And again, it's an urban legend. So yes, exactly. And, yep. and the cool thing, the thing that I I realized, well, I didn't realize the commentary told me, but the director and it was a, who's the nerdy guy with the dog in the microwave? Who's that guy? Uh, oh, what's his name? It was Sasha's boyfriend. Yeah. Um, well, he did the commentary too. Okay. Is it Michael Rosenbaum? Yeah. That's, I don't, okay. I, Parker. Yeah. And, um, I don't know what he's from, but like the name is familiar, but I can't place it. Yeah, me- I know, me too. Oh, he's from Smallville. He played Lex Luthor. Uh, there we go. But um, this movie was supposed to take place in winter. That is why the killer wears the ski like coat. Oh, okay. And everything. But t- I guess Toronto didn't have any snow, so they were oh, okay. SOL on all right. the sh- outdoor shots. So, hmm. little bit yeah, of- it makes sense though. I mean, because it's what it's. Well, I, don't know, I guess I'm thinking of no, it's, it's like definitely. It's winter break because they think Damon okay. has gone. Oh, right. Yes. But they, it never otherwise it specifies why this killer is running around in like a fur coat. But Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it must be like right before Christmas break is when this is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we, we get uh, the introduction of one of my favorite characters in this and the next one, which is Reese, the... I wrote down sheriff, but she's not a sheriff. She's just a security officer. 
Um, and she's watching Pam Greer and acting like her. I thought that was awesome. I really like that. Which I is obviously something that we get through both of them. Yeah, she's so good, man. And I don't think she's I've great. ever seen one of those like Pam Greer, you know, cop films. But I think I need. I to. know. I, me too. And I think I own one of them. I, I might be Coffee. Maybe I, I can't remember. I feel like I own one of them on, on within a steelbook, maybe a Region Two steelbook um, that I bought when I had my when I got my Blu-ray player. Fancy. In Region Three. Yeah. Um, Foxy Brown. I was searching for it. Uh, Foxy Brown. I own Foxy Brown. Yeah. yeah. So I need to watch that. And I, I mean, I fell in love with Pam Greer when we did the Tarantino arc when we watched Jackie Brown because I right. think that movie is fucking awesome and she's just a wonderful actress, man. She's so good. Yeah, it's and so funny, I really need to watch her says, like, stuff. Jackie Brown is like the like the low point for the Tarantino. Point, yeah. But I oh, I actually enjoyed Jackie Brown when I finally got around to watching. It. I'm like, oh, it's one yeah. of the few i actually like from tarantino i don't usually go for his stuff but right i, I really like jack i think she's a really fun actress yeah and i think i agree with you 100%. yeah i don't understand why jackie brown gets all that which i mean i'm not gonna i won't rehash that because it's you know i'll be the same saying the same shit i said back then but i i definitely with you uh, i would not place that as a low point on anyone's filmography that's for sure but um i like how immature brenda is compared to natalie it makes for like a really odd combination of the two um i think that's it's fun it's just more fun to watch them that way yeah and it definitely adds to like the big reveal at the end yeah exactly absolutely but i love so uh danielle harris is killed uh tasha he she gets killed literally right next to natalie while natalie's trying to go to sleep it's so perfect, though, because earlier they have the fact where she walks in on them having sex and right. gets yelled at and told, don't do it again. And so literally she's going to turn the light on and then it's like, oh, nope, not going to do that. And right. then goes to lay down. I mean, it's just perfect. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought that's just really well done. And, and I, I've um, and made then, friends suffer through such situations of me having sex <laughs> and them watching. Oh, man. Which would be one of my Twitter followers. Uh, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> I remember Boston, too. Oh, man. But I'm still That's friends hilarious. with that gentleman who came to visit. So, Oh, there you go. He lives in Texas See? now, not Boston. It's a happy ending. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. I was trying to figure out why happens. there was so much. Uh, yeah. I was trying to figure out why there was so much blood if she was strangled to death, but then it, they explained that right after because basically they try to make it look like a suicide, um, right. and that's what the the dean insists upon is that it's a suicide. So, when she was goth, yes, exactly, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, and again, this is another urban legend kill. You know, keeping on point that it, it's kind of like two in one because it's you know the stranger in the. Uh, you know, the call is coming from upstairs and he's really just behind her. And, oh, right. Yeah. Good point. I didn't think. And then that. the whole turning on the light dog licking what whatever it is, just mm-hmm. a whole scenario. But aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. I'm making a point because in the next film. <laughs> yeah. We forget exactly. about these things. <laughs> yeah. And I, I agree. We'll talk about that. Um so then they start trying to set up uh, the janitor as a red herring. And then, not just the janitor, you get Professor Wexler's office is filled with the coat, the axe. Um, and that feels like a very obvious setup this early in, though, right. you know. 
Um, did we skip and then the, the whole pop thing? rock scene? <laughs> oh yeah, we did. That was that was much earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. I know that is a good one, and it's that really is the picture of Mikey current day. Well, current day nineteen ninety nine. Mikey likes. Oh really? It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yep. But I love that. It's <laughs> really scene. funny. I didn't realize it's. That. It's. Fun. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, I, I was like, that. I would have gone to college had I known there was urban legend studies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck. <laughs> oh man, I know. I I took a, a class on serial killers. That was about as close as uh, something like that got. Which was pretty fucking awesome. And, and now but, you're banking. See, you're right on track. You, I think you might need to watch some American Psycho, and you know you can make the next step in your legacy. <laughs> oh man but um and at, at eventually we get to the point where i feel like talking about how it's so self-aware in setting up all these red herrings because you get like so many in this film at uh, especially towards the end that it just feels like too many it feels over the top it feels ridiculous right. But it still works. It because, works because, because it was it the so one person I wasn't expecting it to be. <laughs> right, I know. And normally, exactly. like you would... normally, I'm like, oh, it's you know the boyfriend or it's the best friend. It's it's yeah. you know the typical trope, but you don't ex- expect it. And I mean, you can question, oh, she wouldn't be able to do X, Y, Z, or Q because you know she's a weak woman. Right. But she's fucking crazy. I think she could do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Why I not, think man? she could hang Damien and knock him out or do whatever she did in the woods right yeah um i love that so we we hear the story of how um natalie knew the girl who dies in the beginning of the film and they literally they they killed a man by chasing him off the road and they only got probation well like the fuck well they didn't chase isn't uh, i mean they it was what um vehicular manslaughter right or something Right, that's like what, they didn't intentionally do it, and they were minors. Right, yeah, so yeah, it, that's true. They were minors. Yeah, that's good. And, and it goes back to you know like uh, another urban legend of driving with your headlights off, and you know yeah. never never respond to anyone by flashing your lights because blah 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 blah. Yeah, that's one that I always heard when I was young, and it always stuck with me. Yeah. So I was always afraid to flash people. Yep, I. I don't think I do. I see so many people driving at night without lights on. I'm like, how can you see? Or like torrential downpours, you know, it's black, yeah. it's raining, and you're in a black car and you don't have your lights on. You're unsafe, not just for you, but for anyone behind you, in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. To have your lights on is not for you necessarily. It's so other people can fucking see you. And that's what people don't understand. It's like, turn your fucking lights on. Now, mind, if you have... A car that's you know less than five years or so old, the lights are going to be on automatically. But right, well, your driving you know, lights will, so your tail lights won't yes. come on. <laughs> right, <That's> <laughs> which true. is a yeah, big thing, true. especially in rain, because you know we ain't seeing you unless yeah. you're braking, and you're probably braking. Right. Well, I hope you're braking if it's you know torrential downpour. Exactly. But people don't. Right. It's just amazing. I almost hit someone the other day because they put out their parking spot without their headlights on at night. I'm like, oh. how am I going to see you? Like, right. how do you not know your lights aren't on? It's dark. How are you seeing? <laughs> God, people are stupid. And then I almost hit someone this morning because I was driving. And, you know, I don't text and drive. I, well, yeah, I, I probably do. But, but the, the main time I pick up my phone is if I'm at a red light. Stopped. 
Yeah. But I mean, right. that quick second, like if I had glanced at my phone, I probably would have rear-ended this guy because he was turning and then just stopped moving mid-turn onto like just a normal, you know, side street. It wasn't a light. There was no stop sign. There was no traffic. And he just stopped yeah. with his ass in my lane and the front of his car <laughs> in the other road. And I'm like, I had to swerve over. I mean, no one was around, thankfully, but mm-hmm. like... I mean, one glance at my phone, I would have right, plowed yeah. right into him. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's not just about you. It's about everyone. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, man. So, our, our next kill is one that always creeps me out. So, the Achilles heel attack on, uh, I guess this was on the Dean, yeah. right? Um, and then the way he's chased to the spikes, I thought that was a really cool, like, creative kill. I really like that one. Yeah, I like that one, too. The So that's what I was going to ask. So the story of the scream in the song being lifted from a 911 tape, is that a, a true urban legend? Because if it is, it's not one I've heard of before. Do you know of that one? Wh- which one is this? I'm, I'm not. Um, it's um, So they're at the party. And uh, it's a character who only has a few lines. I don't know his name. He's one of the students. He's at the party. And he's like, yeah, do you know what that scream is? He's like, you know why it sounds so visceral? It's because it's real. It's lifted from a 911 tape. It's at the beginning of a song, but I can't remember what song it is. You you know, it it probably was like an urban legend at the time. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, uh, you can see a ghost in three men and a baby. Yes, Which exactly. I, I yeah, admit, like, horrible. as soon as I heard the story, like, we all, me and my brothers and my sister had to rent the movie and see yep. if, and you're like, oh my god, it is. There's somebody oh, there. And then... It scared the shit out of me. And you. then later on, you're like, oh, it's an accidental, yep. like, stand-up thing that they had yes, behind the exactly. thing. exactly. I know, but that that one definitely creeped me out the first time I saw it. I had goosebumps. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, or Wizard and of Oz and, you know, the... You know, yes, the munchkin hung himself and you can see his data yeah. and you're like, oh my God, it's there. You know, right. all you youngins and your internet ruining all the fun. This is what we had. <laughs> but it's funny because exactly. it, it makes you curious how all those rumors like start. Like, where did everyone pick this up? Right. No one had the internet when I was a kid. I mean, you know, yes. middle school and up, but right, right. no one had it. Like, how did we know about, you know, three men and a baby and... The Wizard of Oz. Like, how did we actually... I don't even know how... I don't know. Maybe there was some rich kid and he had the internet and went on, but... Right, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It's just crazy yeah, how it all now. kind of spreads and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, at the party, uh, Brenda walks in on Natalie and Paul kissing. And uh, she goes and she's outside starts crying. I actually felt sorry for her at that point. I was like, you know, she's like Natalie did just pull a shit move on someone she's supposed to be friends with. Like, what a what a dick move I to know. do. And I felt bad for her. I was like, oh, bros before hoes. Come on. Or whatever the reverse is. Hoes before bros. Or... <laughs> I just watched the to do list and they had the exact same thing because she ends up like dry humping the ex-boyfriend of one of her friends oh. without asking permission. Okay. And her friend had just asked her permission to date, to go on a date with the guy she had just broke up with. She was like, I don't care. She's like, oh my God, you dry humped, blah, blah, blah. You broke our friendship for a man. And if you haven't seen the to-do list, everyone, you should see it. It's funny. It's a raunchy, girly thing. She's a valedictorian student. She graduates high school. She's never had sex. And she decides 
that she wants to have sex. And so she's going to make a to-do list of all the sexual things to do. She doesn't know what a rim job is, but she's going to get it done. (laughs) She goes through and, you know, she gets finger banged and all these different things. So she's taking her sexuality in her own hands. And it's pretty fucking funny. And it has Aubrey Plaza, who is adorable. So, and you're probably thinking, who is Aubrey Plaza? And she was on Parks and I am, yep, I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. She's in other stuff, too. She's in that new movie, Ingrid Goes West, which opens tomorrow in a wider release. Okay. And I'm going to go see it probably Sunday on my day off. Cool. Very good. So, Parker turns into a real piece of shit once he gets some liquor in him. Goes off on uh, Paul about, uh, because Paul's like, hey, you know, we should shut this party down. And then he just turns into a complete prick. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And you know what? There's actually a deleted scene that's on the special features between, it's a sex scene between um, Parker and Sasha. What? Yeah. And it kind of builds their relationship more. And it builds the relationship between Parker and his dog more, which is interesting. Because obviously the dog ends up in the microwave, which is sad. which is another urban um, legend I didn't really know about, but like it oh, okay. sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah, that one sounded familiar to me as well. But um, oh, that's what. Okay, so we get this other really cool death scene here with the you know the beer bong, the pop rocks, and the Drano. I thought that one was a really cool one. Oh, yeah. uh, another just creative one, the way they did that. Uh, with Parker's and it goes dog. back to the right. other. Can I just say it was really gross when he gets his head dunked into the toilet and there was like a cigarette butt and I'm like, ew, it's unsanitary, dirty, unclean. <laughs> like that, that grossed me out more than, you know, dying. It was just how dirty right, that toilet yeah. was. And... <laughs> no. Exactly. Nope. Man. Um, and then you get the Tara Reed back at the... Uh, at the radio on the radio station, mm-hmm. they're stuck in the sex mansion, awesome. which I loved. Um, and I, lo- and this is the same guy who talked about how the scream was from uh, nine one one tape. He he justifies her screams on the radio by saying she's doing a performance art piece to commemorate <laughs> the massacre. It's just it's so purposely ridiculous. I but it makes that. sense. <laughs> like you could you could buy into it. That's the thing because we were all naive yes. in nineteen ninety nine. We would buy into that. Like oh shit. She's going for it. She's going for the gold. I know. She's like, ooh, I got chills. She's so good. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. It reminds me of Cherry Falls. Like, it's very self-aware. Right. And, and I think this um, was before Cherry Falls, Cherry Falls, right? By like a few years. Um, yeah, Cherry Falls came out in 2000. This came out in 98. But to be fair, Cherry Falls was shot probably around the same time yeah. as this. Um, because Cherry Falls sat on the shelf for a while. Yeah. But Damn shelf life. Exactly. Um, and one thing I was surprised is that we didn't get, I thought we would see more of Tara Reed's death, I honestly. I was hoping um, you would say that because I listened to the commentary okay. and he said cool. the yeah. one thing, the director said the one thing he's always asked is, why don't we see more of Tara Reed's bloody murdered body? And he said, okay, that is not the movie he went out to make. They never filmed anything that was super bloody. Because okay. that wasn't what he's into as a director. Like he's not into like the blood and gore. He was in it for everything right. else but that, and that's why it was never okay. filmed. 
He said the most you'll ever see is that hand that rises with like the tiny bit of blood. Huh. Yep. Very cool. That's interesting. Yeah, and that's actually a note that I'll 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 kind of make mention of in my my summation of my thoughts on it too. But very cool. So is that so is the read, uh, is the is the urban legend there? The radio DJ be, being killed on air? Is that what the urban legend you is? You know, I never thought about it, but that could probably be one cuz that that would seem, okay. you know, exactly logical especially right. back in the day yeah you know what it reminds me of is i think it's leatherface texas chainsaw massacre 3 where yeah it has to be that one right where i've blocked she gets killed on air i've blocked it from oh, my that's mind. not bad that one's a good one Come on, two and four those are the good ones yeah exactly. two four and, and remake. your opinion is now useless because four is no i think you need to revisit four and appreciate it in the same vein as urban legend i know i probably i i could definitely revisit it um yeah so now they they build this other red herring in paul but this one works pretty well um but i feel like it would just be too stupid obvious if it was him so i'm really glad it's not him at this Um, point we're running out of options (laughs) exactly yes exactly and still Uh, my dumbass was not like oh it's brenda because right the only time, the only thing that might have been a little suspicious, and that's a little suspicious to me, is kind of looking for it this time through, was Brenda. All of a sudden, after crying about it, she came became pretty damn understanding about Paul and Natalie, and was like, you know, oh, I understand, and give her a big hug and everything. And I was like, hmm, yeah. it's kind of strange that she was so okay with it. Just you know, girls are weird sometimes, and oh, that's you know, that you could know. be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're the wrong sex to be judging it. But again, she's probably like, fuck right. all of you. I'm going to fucking kill you all. You killed my man. You stole my fake exactly. man. You's going to yeah. die. We mm-hmm. need a good, sassy yeah. black woman as the killer. I think that's what we need. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Man, fucking if Reese was the killer in number two. <laughs> that would have been, been so good. <laughs> so good. Hell yeah. Um, and then you get uh, the Dean being in Paul's trunk, I think is really good because I would absolutely believe that he was the killer at this point. You know, it's late in the film and all all the signs are pointing to him. Yes, it's obvious, but it makes sense. Right. I would never suspect Brenda, though, just because it's so unique. It's so different. Right. And so I, I think it's good that it was her. Right. Because, I mean, what would be Paul's motive? I mean, it could... I mean, that, and again, it all boils down to what is the motive of the killer? Because that's every killer has a right. motive, typically. I mean. mm-hmm. Yeah. But. And I think that's so important uh, when we get to the next film. But. Yeah. So, of course, who's driving by when Natalie runs out of the fucking woods? But it's the fucking janitor, another one of our red herrings. Um and then, of course, he has the same fucking coat because everybody in the city buys that coat, I guess. Everybody it's at that university. It's fucking cold, man. Um, They're in, like, where are I, yeah, they anyway? I guess I don't so. know. I, I think don't it's know. I'd assume, like, uh, that's yeah, exactly what I was assuming as well. Yeah. Um, This one, this red herring dies pretty quickly, though, because they obviously start getting chased by the real killer seconds after seeing the coat. But, um, And I, I think it's interesting that they build Reese as being a bit bumbling. And I think it's interesting to me because, um, you know, like she's super ignorant at the start, ignores the obvious signs of a murderer on campus, and then tries to, you know, um, justify it by saying it was suicide, it was this, it was that. And then she tries to get the city police involved, and she can't even get them to listen to her. Right. Um, and I think that's interesting because 
I went to university, uh, one of my universities at in Detroit, and our police force at the the Wayne State University police force was arguably even more intelligent and capable than our city of Detroit police. Um, every officer had to be a college graduate. They had to like you know have at least the grades to get into to grad school, if not have a master's degree in something. Um, and they had the same authority as the city police, just less of an area to con- to patrol than the city police. Um, so I think it's interesting that. Here it's so different because this is, you know, voted the safest campus in America and blah, blah, blah. They talk about that at the beginning of the film. Um, so that just struck me as uh, just interesting, I guess, to, to repeat that word again. But do you think um, it's because that she, was so she idolizes Foxy Brown? Like, do you think that it's like some like meta thing where, you know, she kind of sucks at it because she's so drawn into the world of fantasy of her? Like, I'm assuming that's the only reason she became the security person. That's what I would agree with that. That's the only reason she became a security guard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because in the second one, she's caught watching, <laughs> uh, you know, coffee or Foxy, whichever one. I think it was coffee on on the monitors, on all 20 <laughs> of the monitors, except instead of, you know, watching the killing that just happened. So, I mean, yeah, it could be very. But wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't like you that. do that? Wouldn't yeah. you watch like the you would watch the ring? On all 28 months, be like, oh shit, she's coming oh, out. Exactly. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I like the the reveal with obviously Brenda being the killer and she just gets, or she just does the one punch right to the face and then just turns crazy looking because they, they mess with her eye makeup too, just to make her really look crazy. Yeah, she goes, I thought that's she, she really goes well played. Full 180 and goes from like America's yes. sweetheart to. I'm going to rip your throat out and skull fuck you to death yep. with like a Tyrannosaur cock. I'm just going to go to the most extreme that I can. Right. Yeah. And I love her ding, 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 ding. I can't remember exactly what it was, but she says ding like five times and it's fucking hilarious. Um, and I like the motivation. The motivation here works really well. Like it's it's so ridiculous, but damn, it it makes sense. I like it. Yeah, that's all that matters is that it makes sense. Kind of like in Scream when we yeah. find out the killer and his motivations, you're like, oh, okay, you're kind of like, you know, you fucked everything up and I'm going to blame you for it. Right. Exactly. I mean, obviously in Scream, she didn't really fuck it up, but it was, you know, her family and you know, what better revenge. <laughs> I mean. Right. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I have to mention this just because I mentioned the next one. So I hate when fucking people answer no when somebody asks, are you okay? And there's nothing physically wrong with them. They say no. I f- That bugs the shit out of me. It's like, you're fine. You're just, something might be wrong. Like outside of physically something, you know, something's going on. But if you're fucking physically fine, don't say no. God, that bugs the shit out of me. And it's actually something... That I have to bring up because it happens again in the next movie. Well, but, what's the scenario in this one? Because I'm not, I'm drawing a blank. I, um, I think it. I honestly, I can't even remember. I think Does Reese um, come in and go. Are you okay? Uh, and I don't think it's Reese. I think it. Uh, I think Paul asks her. You know, are you okay? And she says, and it's after they've already killed, or well, they after they already like shot or whatever. Um, uh Brenda. Right. And he says, are you okay? And she says, no. It's like, no, you're okay. Like, <laughs> the answer is yes. But, um, and uh, so, and the other thing that makes me really happy about this movie, 
I'm really glad that Brenda comes back in the car at the end because otherwise the ending would have felt too, I know what you did last summer E. Right. That is to say too easy, too clean. And this is much more appreciated from my end. Yep. I'm going to fucking take you out, bitch. I'm not done. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's so much better than what we got with I know what you did last summer. But um and then the very end here, obviously we get the, you know, the new set of teens, the university, and um they're talking about how, oh, that's an urban legend. And one of the lines is, Oh yeah, and Brenda's that girl in in the Noxima commercial. <laughs> and I was like, Fuck you, this movie is brilliant because Rebecca Gayhart really was from a Noxima commercial in nineteen ninety. I, I just so fucking wonderful. Oh, it's so good. So what a great way to fucking yeah, end it. Right on the nose. It's just it, yes. and if it hadn't started with the turnaround bright eyes song, yes. it, it would have never set itself up for all of that. It would have just you would have gone in for your typical slasher. Kind of like Scream. Right. If Scream doesn't didn't start yes. with the, you know, watch your favorite scary movie, mm-hmm. it would have never found its groove it's that entire thing that sets you the viewer up for what's going to come yes it's very consistent on what type it knows what type of movie it wants to be and it delivers on it consistently throughout and i think that's so important yes when you're trying to do something i hate when they miss the mark but they don't yes exactly so do you have any other um notes from the uh, director's commentary that, that you listened to that you wanted to mention at uh, all that we not missed? really you kind of hit like okay. everything they even mentioned like the noxima commercial how they kind of just had that gotcha. in there and they, they i think okay. they definitely had like they, they cast everyone and kind of not ad lib the script but you know worked things in yeah. to you know, right, really yeah. just get the point across it you know i don't know what i don't remember offhand what the director has done in the future like recently but you know, I don't think this was his choice genre. I think it was his stepping stone in Oh, know, yeah, film. could be. Yeah, I don't remember. But I mean, there's some great shots. They do the crane shots a few times with the crazy angles and stuff. Oh, you know what? That you mention it. Uh, you know what? I'll talk about it in a second in my final thoughts. I'll talk about Jamie Blanks, the director, a little right. bit. But So perfect. So what is your what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Urban Legend? Well, you know, I love Urban Legend. I love urban legends just in general. I think they're a fascinating thing and how they grew and grow and got spread. And I think the film was able to capture that. Like it used its source material in a way that actually worked and kept things fresh and interesting and was just enough tongue in cheek that didn't feel like scream, you know, in the typical sense. Um, I yeah. really like the film. Like this is probably like the 10th, 12th, 13th time I've seen it total. And you know, every time I watch it, something different, like I notice something different. Um, mm-hmm. And I gave it a four out of five on letterbox. So I'd probably give it like a three and a half out of four here with her. Okay. Scale. Perfect. Excellent. So a three and a half from Chris. So yeah, urban legend may be one of the most underrated slasher films of the 90s. It's it's very reminiscent of Cherry Falls and Scream with how self-referential it is. Um, but that must have been something that audiences just weren't looking for back then after Scream. Because both this and Cherry Falls, which is technically a 2000 release, 
Um, but both of these are are both underappreciated gems that fall into a very similar niche inside a subgenre. Urban Legend is a smart horror film, and it's one where the more you know, the more you're going to appreciate it because of all the in-jokes it tosses in there. The acting solid, Jared Leto, Rebecca Gayhart, Loretta Devine, those are my standouts. I think they're fantastic. Um, the cast is absolutely fucking awesome, though, with the smaller roles going to Danielle Harris, Brad Dourif, Joshua Jackson, and Robert England. Um, the kills were all pretty unique. And though I would have loved to see a bit more gore, it still works really well. Like you said, that's not the film they were making, and I understand that. Um, I didn't remember this movie being so funny um, and smart the last times I've watched it, but definitely got it, you know, quote unquote, got it a lot more this time around, and I just loved it. I'm so happy that we've been able to highlight two in my opinion, vastly underrated slasher films from this era in Urban Legend and Cherry Falls. And if you like Cherry Falls or Scream, I really think you're going to enjoy Urban Legend too. Um, and I didn't even realize it, but Jamie Blanks, the director, also did Valentine, which we're going to talk about on the next episode. So I'm really excited to watch that one again. I actually added his other films to my watch list that I haven't seen yet. Uh, Storm Warning from 2008 and Long Weekend from 2007. So I'm going to watch those ones eventually. Is he Australian then? Because I noticed you added them to your letterbox. And I was like, oh, they're all Australian films. You know what? He might be. I don't... uh, Let me see. Nothing I... Yes, yes, yes. He's uh, hometown of Melbourne, Australia. That's very weird that he would start with Urban Legends and then go back to his roots. Right, exactly. But... So interesting. Yeah. But uh, I am going to give Urban Legend, just like you, Chris, three and a half out of four stars. Yes. Exactly. Hell yes. So with that in mind, let's jump over to the sequel, Urban Legends Final Cut from 2000. And again, there will be spoilers for this one as well. So Urban Legends Final Cut, the original theatrical uh, U.S. theatrical release date of September 22nd, 2000. It was directed by John Ottman and written by Paul Harris Boardman and Scott Derrickson, who I think it's interesting to note that Scott Derrickson, he went on to write and direct The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Sinister, and Deliver Us from Evil. Three very similar films, but very uh, strong films, at least the two I've seen. Um, It has an IMDb score of 4.1 out of the 13,689 votes. It has a Metacritic score of 16, a 9% tomato meter score with an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 20%. It had a $14 million budget and a $21.46 million gross and a runtime of 97 minutes. So, Chris, what is your history with Urban Legends Final Cut? And those 97 minutes feel like 800. But, um... (laughs) I saw it in the theater because it's the fucking sequel to Urban Legend. Why would I right. not see it in the theater? Um, exactly. And I remember hating it in the theater. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. You know what? What? I am a fucking liar because I told the VHS story about Urban Legend and that was wrong. It was actually Urban Legend's final cut where I had the VHS for. So this is a rare instance where I actually watched the sequel before I watched the original. Yeah. And now I feel like a jackass because I just fucked that up and so bad. And it didn't even but... spoil the ending for you. What? Exactly. <laughs> I know. And uh, yeah, so I don't know how I messed that story up. But yeah, this is the one that my mom actually bought for me on VHS. So I actually watched this one before the original. Um, and then I think I only watched the original 
recently then, maybe in the past few years here. But it has a anyway, striking yeah, so VHS watched, cover. It does, yeah. And I that's why I was all about it. I I and one thing I love about this movie is the mask the killer uses, that fencing mask. I fucking love that. And uh yeah, so that's that's my history with this one. I, I apologize that I messed that story up so royally, but it is what it is. <laughs> it happens. Exactly. It's all so I remember go straight to your head. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> um I remember being so taken aback by how fake I thought the plane looked the very first time I saw this in the beginning here. Now, obviously, it's intentional, which I know now. But at that point, I, I didn't know that. And I was so surprised because it looked so fake to me. That said, this time, it didn't really strike me as so fake. So I don't know what I saw <laughs> on the VHS tape that I was like, oh, my God, this is awful. I don't I don't know. You know, I was I was much younger. So who knows? But it's probably just the acting being, of wow. nerd. <laughs> right. Fuck, yeah, he's bad. Exactly. Oh man. For um for which one? The nerdy guy, like in that opening plane scene. Oh he's the one who's sitting next to the girl. The, yeah. You know, William Shatner Twilight Zone yes. episode. Yeah. And and the funny thing is like the whole opening is about how bad of an actress whatever her name is is yeah and i'm like the uh, fucking nerd is so bad and mm -hmm. so dry that he just sucked the air out of the <laughs> opening i'm like how can you compare it see and honestly i didn't i didn't even like find him that terrible that distractingly terrible i guess and it's interesting that you mentioned sandra's acting because they do make a point of how, how bad it is but frankly as it was going i didn't think she was terrible in the beginning i think she gets worse <laughs> As the movie goes on, like, and her quote unquote acting moments, you know what I mean? Not right. her as an act, not, uh, what's her, what's her name? Not Jessica Caulfield as an actress, but Sandra playing an actress, I thought got right. worse the more <laughs> the film went on, which I thought was interesting. When she's in the plane calling Mayday and she's like fucking <laughs> straddling it, like she's going to ride that <laughs> stick. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so fucking great. But but know. it it doesn't set the right tone for the movie either because you're like what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, yeah it's it's very over the top. Whereas this film is not. It's it's a lot more serious than than the first film. I think right it doesn't have the humor like the first one. But um, I love that they have that nice homage to the original. They have that. They have something stupid written in blood, like the first one, like on this one, it's written on the mirror and it says you're, you're going down or something right. like that. And uh, I thought that was a nice homage to the original, which of course has, aren't you glad you didn't turn the lights on or whatever. Because how would, the, was. how would the murderer know that someone's going to get eaten out in the plane? Yeah, I'm right. like, what's exactly. the chances? Because yeah. that is not what I would be doing in the plane. Right. <laughs> oh man. But, um, you know, I like the final moment of this opener when the director jumps at the window. That always, that yeah, always got me because it's so unexpected. But, um, but it's just so bad. It's strange. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I everyone dies in their seat. Fun. And I'm like, <laughs> how does the killer kill him? Yeah, how does he kill? Exactly. Every single fucking person. <laughs> I know. It's so just ridiculous is the only term I can think of. Like. <laughs> It's over the top. Like probably. these people are in film school and this is what they're coming up with. Yeah, exactly. Trying to win that Hitchcock award. And I have to say the plane was kind of impressive for a college. I know. I'm like, what? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So again, we get, uh, you know, another strong start with the casting with Jennifer Morrison and uh, Ava Mendez. I like both of them, obviously. I'm like, who the fuck is Jennifer Morrison? Like, all I know her from is Once Upon a, or is it Once Once Upon a Time? Yeah, Yeah. she's from House is what I know her from. But obviously that's much much after this. Okay, I've watched. But again, I only saw the like first season and a half of Once Upon a Time and then it kind of just nosedived. And I'm like, I mean, that's like 10 years later. So, I mean, she doesn't look the same. I don't think she looks the same, which, because it's her and Jennifer oh, Goodwin she... are in the show, right? And I don't know which one's which. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know which, I don't know who Jennifer Goodwin is. Yeah, I don't know. She was on Big Love with, uh, what's his name? Oh, okay. She played one of the wives. She played, like, yeah. the younger. With Bill Paxton? Yeah, she played the younger wife. I need to watch the final okay. season of that. It's a really good show if no one has seen Big Love. Really? Yeah, I've not seen that. It, it, it's interesting because it's, you know, about a Mormon with three wives yeah. who's living secretly as a Mormon, but is still part of the community. So it's very interesting. Hmm. And I lo- obviously, you know, we love Bill Paxton here. We did our Pax cast a while back after he passed away. Um, so, yeah, I definitely have to check that out eventually. But there's so many shit. There's so much shit I have to check out. It's just like mind numbing. It's overwhelming. Right. Like but. Game of Thrones. Exactly. I know. I get yelled at all the fucking time because I don't watch that one. But. I know. I, I was told I was um, young because I hadn't seen it. One of my coworkers. Yeah. I was like, because uh, he goes to the store uh, in his break. I'm like, did you get me a beer? He's like, no. I'm like, are you even old enough to drink? He's like, yeah, I'm older than you. I'm like, well, how old are you? He's like, I'm 24. How old are you? And I'm like, I like, I'm what? Fucking 10 years your senior? Yeah. What a, I'm like, what? That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. Someone told me today, like one of our light bulbs was flashing in the ceiling. And I'm like, uh, she's like, uh, it makes me dizzy. And I'm like, that makes no sense. But whatever. I'm like, oh, just imagine if you were on some Molly. She's like, how old are you? And I'm like, 36. She's like, oh, you're really hip then for your age. And I'm like, fucking Miley Cyrus sings about Molly on the radio. How am I? Exactly. <laughs> Literally sings about Molly on the radio. Yes. Oh man, I'm like you people. Are um, crazy. I, they really are. Yes, uh, I would totally watch a movie called Splattertown, and I would watch its sequels. Like, right? I was like, yes, that sounds cool. I'm interested. But um, I like the Hitchcock Award. Yep, all these little nuances to the genre. Yep, exactly. Tons of them in this one. Um, yeah, and I I like that it's kind of you know. Uh, like I feel like again, the more you know about you know film, the more you're going to appreciate some of the dialogue in this right. one, and I like that about where, it. Where does this film take place? Does it take place again in L.A.? If, no, no, because it felt like it sounds like it does, but it, it does. <laughs> no northeast city would have a film school <laughs> with this kind of like set budget that they're able to create like a plane and. Well, nope. I mean, like NYU, for example, but it's and they actually they make mention of NYU. They're like, oh, I should have gone to NYU or something. It just makes right. makes me think that it's near, yeah. you know, New York ish somewhere around right. there. But it's just like I don't budget know. wise, it I just actually didn't seem like it. Yeah. Like in my head, it didn't seem like. Right. Especially. I mean, like they literally have like sound stages set up with <laughs> different movie sets. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know of any film schools like offhand, but I, I would assume most are like L.A. or if anything now would be Seattle or Texas, you know, the big booming areas of that kind of mm-hmm. 
you know, thing, not the upper mid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think, you know, you're going to New York, Chicago, LA, um, have, have major ones, obviously, but the thing about film school is you can find a really good film school in a lot of places, mm. like a top, you know, top 50, top 100 film school in the most like random places. Uh-huh. That's what I've learned by researching film schools. Well, but, there you go. Um, but anyway, I what speaking of that though, I really like the setting for this. It just felt um uh, like I don't know, genuine. It felt realistic um in terms of it feeling like a college town. Uh, it just it felt chilly. It felt cold. Um but I really like like there's that shot when um what's her name? Uh, Amy goes to Travis's uh like porch and they're having a conversation about oh, I just got a C minus on my my film and yada, yada, yada. And it just, it looked, I really liked the setting there. Just, it felt again, like a, maybe a Pennsylvania town somewhere, you know, just, yeah, (laughs) well, that could be too. Yeah. Um, but it just felt something like that. And I, I really liked that setting. Yeah. It had that vibe to it that. Yeah. And, and I think the most impressive shots are, are outdoor shots. Like the first shot I was really impressed by was our first outdoor shot at night. The snow falling. There's these big statues, these kind of, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of the damn word, but like the shapes, the big shapes, statues, um, they just look excellent. Uh, and there's some really, really good music behind him, behind them. Right. Um, and that theme continues whenever we're at night and it's dark, you get some awesome music. So I, I, I don't own this movie, so I couldn't watch like mm-hmm. the commentary. But the yeah. director did not want to make a horror film. <laughs> oh, really? At all. He had no interest in making it a horror film. And That's interesting. I, spoiler alert, but there are there's one urban legend kill in this entire film. Because I've never heard of this. Is that it? I've never heard of the screaming one. I think they just made that shit up for the movie. The screaming at midnight and someone gets murdered. Oh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I haven't heard of it. I had no idea. I just assumed it was because it was there. But yeah, you're right. It could have just been made up. I have no clue. I'm sorry for any noise you heard. The cat was just pooping. He just, <laughs> he just covered his poop. Oh, man. <laughs> but um, the only urban legend is actually the scene where the girl goes to the bar and then she wakes up in a tub of ice and her kidney is missing, which is right, our next yeah. scene. That mm-hmm. was not in the original script. That was not even oh. shot. The studio made him go back and shoot an urban legend kill. That's fascinating because honestly, that's one of my favorite kills in here. Right. Or not. Yeah. Because of like how gory it is. I really like it. It's a really good kill and it's a great setup. And because you start off rough with that, the plane crash fake movie set thing. It it makes sense. I I won't Mm -hmm. argue that, but it's not a good way to open the film. Yeah. And then we have the, you know, that kill and it originally wasn't in the um script it wasn't originally shot the studio made him mm. reshoot it because he didn't want to make a horror film in that sense you know it kind of makes sense because there is a shocking amount of deleted scenes in this one is there I- on the dvd yeah um like i didn't watch all of them i watched a good number of them and like they were all like about two minutes each i mean there was probably about 15 minutes of the film that was cut out. And so that would make sense that they stuck this in, you know, to kind of get the runtime back up. Or I, it makes sense that those were cut out now because you're adding in this extra, you know, 10 minute scene or whatever. Right. So 
makes sense. I didn't realize that going Cause, in. Because yeah, watching the film, because I just watched it. Like I started it yesterday and then I finished it today. But yeah. it was the second time this year I've seen it. And I've seen it obviously previously, but it um it, it doesn't feel like your typical slasher film at all because it it has more of that murder mystery going on instead of, you know, a slasher film. It has the weird twin brother dynamic, which is the most ridiculous thing in this movie. I, yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> like, how, how does he walk around this school with I, no one noticing? That he, he wears looks a like black the- cap, and that's what's going <laughs> to give the skies? Like, really? I was like, that's so ridiculous. But he's obviously the the ultimate red herring for the film because oh I know and like I I hated him I wanted him to be the bad guy because he's such a fucking creep ass and that's one thing like all the male characters in this excluding um excluding Stan and Dirk the special effects guys right were all fucking creepy assholes I'm like wow that's interesting that everybody's a fucking prick I I they, I, I like Joey Lawrence. I mean, his character isn't very good, and he doesn't really get a lot of screen oh, time. But he's pretty he's, good in the role. He yeah. is good. I would definitely agree with you. He's good in the role. But, like, he's a creep, too. Like, his character hits on uh, Amy while she's while they're at, like, the, you know, the memorial or whatever for the guy that she was trying to hook up with, you know, or the guy he liked. she liked. It's like, okay, right. that's creepy. But And I love that, like, they find his, like, dead body, and, like, everyone has this speech ready hours later. Like this, right? And at like some assembly in the middle, like it was in the middle of like I don't even know what it was. I know it was like in the middle of campus somewhere. (laughs) That's so weird. Yeah, but uh, I was so glad that Foxy was back, that Reese was back. Oh yeah, and then they bond over Pam Greer films. I mean, I just loved that. I love that so much. Um, She's kind of wasted as being like bumbling, like. Like, girl, you shouldn't be in You say that again? She is or is not? She is kind of wasted as just being bumbling once again. Like, Yes. Yeah. And you'd feel like that's true because, I mean, I really liked her in this, but I feel like she would have been stronger based on her, you know, her experience in the last film. And it's interesting because they set her up to be stronger. Like, we get her story where, you know, the security guard, she says, like, wouldn't go along with it. And then they fired her and she had to find a new job, entry-level position, blah, blah, blah. You know, we get her story, which is great. And so you think that this is a strong – you know that this is a strong character, you know? And it's like, why can't – I don't know. Why does she have to be so dumb? I wonder if it was something that was added in as a connection to, like – Right. Because that's really the only – only connection because the the killer has nothing to do with the first films at all for the first film at all right and so that's really our only tie is is the character of of all things reese like and and um, I, don't, I don't understand the urban legend like it's two years later like there wouldn't be some urban like i understand a cover-up but I was going to say, I think that's what it is is the cover-up because they kind of set that up at the end of the first film how the people are at the campus a year later and they don't believe it because it's oh. you know being covered up. yeah i just don't see how you would cover that up <laughs> well yeah that's a, that's a, a whole another thing that's a but... whole lot of people that got murdered and butchered exactly on exactly. air <laughs> yeah 
Um, I fucking loved that the professor is like verbally masturbating over Jean-Luc Godard's French New Wave films. I that was fucking hilarious to me. Um, and then Professor Solomon is instantly creepy as well. Right when he asked the other professor to leave and leaves them in the room together, I was just like, uh, it's just something sleazy here that I don't like. But It's weird because the killer's identity is just, it's so obvious, but the reasoning behind it is so stupid <laughs> that I don't know. See, it's interesting you, that you mentioned that because I honestly couldn't remember who the killer was as I was watching this. And um, I thought... It was who it was, but he's just so disconnected from the entire film <laughs> that it was like, mm, why would he? You know what I mean? But it, right. and, and then the reasoning is just so fucking, it's weak. <laughs> no one would notice that the entire crew has been murdered. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, but, um. And then, and then we get Travis who leaves, you know, in that scene where he talked about leaves the drunk girl in the bar by herself. I thought that was kind of a dick move, but, um, no, he, you know, he didn't want to take advantage. Yeah. <laughs> Help her home at least. Man alive. Um, I thought it was a decent jump scare when the killer grabs, uh, I don't know the girl's name, but the, the girl who dies first by the coat check. Um, right. I like that it, and then I like that it set up the, uh, wake up in a tub of ice urban legend. That's always been a fun one. Um, and they actually mentioned that one in the last film because that's what um, Brenda was going to do to whatever, Natalie yeah, I, or whatever. I, at the I'm end of the sure film. that was like the studio going, oh, let's do this and make it actually yes. happen this time. Yes, exactly. Um, I What bugged me about that scene, I really liked it. But one thing I didn't like was the fact that she didn't, didn't just jump out the fucking window. Like she sat at the window like, I don't know what she was doing. She was kept like reaching out. That dog was there, but she saw that it was tied up and wasn't going to get her. No, like, why the, the don't she screw just was fall? coming loose. That thought maybe she had a phobia of dogs. Maybe she just watched Cujo. <laughs> maybe. Now, see, that would be funny if she maybe was at the bar right. and was like, I just watched Cujo and I'm really scared. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but it didn't look like anything was holding her. And I thought it was so stupid. But. The core, the gore had, you know, was really amped up there. Like literally the killer grabs her by the wound on the side and just pulls oh, her. I know. I'm and like, then oh, decapitates her. Like yeah. so fucking cool. Loved that. I mean, it's fine that he but, decapitates her, but that grabs the wound. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good. I mean, it's bad enough that it, the wound would hurt, but just grabbing it. Cause mm -hmm. I'm sure you've like got a paper cut before and accidentally squeezed it. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Exactly. And that's a paper yeah. cut, not like an organ being illegally yes, harvested right. from your body. <laughs> exactly. We get a really cool shot of uh, trap. Like it's the shot is just Travis's head, and there's this backlight from the projector behind him, and all this like smoke around him for whatever fucking reason. Um, but it's such a cool fucking shot. Um, it looked fantastic, um, but nothing's really made of it it's just when uh amy's watching him watch his film right. basically um and then the two special effects guys come up behind her and scare her um and i love anthony anderson and i was so happy that he was in this uh he was um which one was he stan uh, the bigger black man right he i think he's hilarious and uh loved him in this thought he was really good i was so disappointed with just like what happens with his and the other guy's character like it, yeah, it just me too. feels like a cop out. Like, yes, 
I agree. I agree. We'll talk. We'll we'll talk about that more when we get when we keep going. Um, but I I definitely agree with you there. Uh, one thing I loved about these two, they're so they have these lines here. Uh, digital sucks, man. Latex rules. I was like, yes. And then you get a fuck George Lucas. And then the response is, you're going to hell. And he's like, I know. <laughs> I just thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was probably oh, one of the good so jump good. scares too, where they just kind of appear behind her randomly. Yeah, the- yeah, absolutely, definitely. But. Um, I hated, hated, hated the fucking, so it's the director, I don't have his name, and which one was he? Toby, maybe? Yeah, probably Toby, Um, where he's like, nobody's going to steal the Hitchcock from me. I'm like, just fucking die already. First, you were a creep to the girl in the in the bar, and she stuck him with the tab, which I fucking loved, but then he's just like being a prick to Amy. Oh, just what a sleazeball. And then we don't get him for like the rest of the movie until the very end, which was strange, but whatever. <laughs> Um, I was wondering if this was shot on a real a real film school complex because you get like the Orson Wells Orson Wells film complex, and it just made me wonder if that was just added in or if this was really shot in some college campus that had a film school. You know what? I have no idea. Like I did. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't have the commentary because I don't own the film. Right. And I, yeah, I would have loved to have listened it. to it, but like I did mm-hmm. wa- read through like the IMDb. Um, yeah things that's how i picked up like you know he really didn't want it, the horror film and all of that but mm-hmm. i didn't pick up where it was filmed i mean it looks like it was done a lot in uh ontario toronto yeah. uh and it was filmed at trent university oh so that could in be peterborough ontario canada so that could very well be uh, uh you know the the moments i'm talking about i guess very cool um very good uh, prosthetics by Stan and Dirk there. I love that fake scare they do with the falling light on Sandra. Yep. I thought, I was like, wow, that's a pretty dick move, but uh, it was funny. I liked it. Yeah, I don't know. And, and best part, Amy took it well. She wasn't like pissed about it. So I thought that was good. Yeah, I don't know who the actress for Sandra was, but she's pretty good at the whole fake acting thing. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Jessica Caulfield. Yeah, I don't know. Has she done anything else or? Um, you know, offhand, I didn't recognize her from anything. I guess she's, oh, she was Margot in Legally Blonde. She was in White Chicks. She was in, uh, oh, she was in Road Trip. She was the wrong Tiffany in Road Trip. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But apparently she was in the sequel to Legally Blonde as well. So, but, White Chicks is so ridiculously funny. I have not actually seen that one. Yeah, it didn't me too. Like I'd be interested. Oh, you know what? Uh, she's actually Valent in Valentine. She plays Lily in Valentine, which we'll be talking about next time. So I'll be interested to see how she is there. But say so. Um, that's really interesting because the director of the last film, not this one, is the director of Valentine, and so it's interesting that they have that connection. Yeah. It's very strange. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes, exactly. It goes everywhere. One character I absolutely loved in this was Simon because he's so over the top with his Russian accent and his giant camera. Uh, I thought it was so funny. And I like when he's walking out with uh, Ava Mendez's character, uh, Vanessa, and she's like, can I give you a lift? And he's like, you already have. And I was like, oh, Simon, <laughs> a typical Simon. <laughs> you silly perv, you. Right, exactly. A little hand sway with it you as know? you say it. I know. <laughs> I love that Vanessa is just this random lesbian that you only see her with her other girlfriend, with her girlfriend once. And it's like, oh, okay. It works. That works. It's only there to set up Simon's line. So, <laughs> so uh, when Sandra is killed, 
mm-hmm. with the, you know, the, the, mur- she goes back and looks for her keys. So the murderer was just like chilling in a bag on the floor this entire <laughs> time waiting for her to come back. Who knows? <laughs> is that what you got out of it? Because that's all I could see is like him getting, I literally, I had to like re- rewind it. Like double check and it looked like he was just coming out of a bag. They did not have GoPro cameras. I don't know how he did that snuff film. I don't know if he was like running around with the camera as he chased her or what. Exactly. Yeah. He had like the the handheld, like the 16 millimeter. And then um, when they watched it, I instantly wanted to shoot a film on a legitimate 16 millimeter handheld camera because I thought it'd be so much fucking fun. It looks so cool. Just love that. But... Oh, I hope you all do that movie that we were all talking about on Twitter the other day. Um, shit, I don't remember what it's called, but Vinegar Syndrome's putting it out. Oh, something yes. Blood, I know. blood something or other. Yeah, it that's looked inter- yeah, that's interesting. Ridiculous. I, about that. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I want to see that so bad. I was yeah, watching Vinegar the trailer at, at lunch. <laughs> yeah. I know. I watched it too. It looks so amazing. Yeah. And if you haven't, t- check out Vinegar Syndrome's October release schedule because it looks fucking incredible. Um, and I will be spending some money in October from Vinegar Syndrome. So I definitely recommend checking that out if you haven't already. But Yeah, I think they're going to be at Monster Mania in New Jersey in October. And if, oh, if there's cool. someone I want to see, I really want to go. Yeah. But I think what I read, because Adam Green surprised like everyone in the known universe that a new Hatchet film was not only just filmed, but he secretly screened it for everyone. <laughs> Oh, no shit. That's why I was talking about him the other day. Okay, I didn't actually see that. I just yeah. saw people talking about him. So what he did was he had a 10th anniversary screening of Hatchet. Okay. Except for everyone sat down. He's like, oh, just kidding, guys. This is Victor Crawley, the fourth film in the series. Here you oh, go. Wow. Yeah, so now it's making the film circuit, and he's going to do a uh, road show with it, kind of like he did with Digging Up the Marrow. And okay. I believe it. his website was hard to follow, and I was... I was at work on lunch and I'm, you know, it's hard to do stuff on the phone sometimes, but it looks like it's going to be screening at monster mania in March. That's awesome. One of those, but I'm like, I'd go to that. I, I I went and saw digging up the marrow and he is, I I like his films. Mm -hmm. He is such an awesome person to like meet because he had like a meet and greet afterwards. Okay. And you could meet him when I went and see, saw digging up the marrow and, you know, I didn't. I guess I'd forgotten that that was Adam Green's film. Yeah, but I met him and Alex Parday, who was the the that's guy. Who, okay. Yeah, he created all the monsters in Digging Up the Marrow. Like he. Oh, okay, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, he made a booklet with like designs of the monsters and this like a basic storyline of like mm-hmm. where these creatures come from. And he went to San Diego Comic Con and stood in line to meet Adam Green and handed him this thing. Oh and God. that is how that movie happened. That's fucking awesome. What a and cool they, story. Yeah, they filmed it in secret. No one knew that they filmed it. They filmed it as like a, you know, a found footage film, basically, which I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I Well, fuck, now I need to move to the top <laughs> of my list. I actually own two copies of this fucking movie and didn't know? even know it was found footage because I, I bought it on Blu-ray when it came out and then I got it in the uh, horror pack. And so mm. I have two fucking copies of this. Well, I think you need to just announce a giveaway right now of digging up the marrow in celebration of Adam Green. That's a, it's a great idea, but I'm not 100% <laughs> sure I have access to both of these. And so I will look for that and then get back to you. But All right. I have a signed print. I paid $50 for my ticket with a signed nice. print. 
And it's a really awesome, like, original print from Alex Parday, who is just, I think he's killing it. He has, he's really blowing up right now as, like, an artist. And he's releasing, like, a, he has, like, this little comic series that's going with his pen releases and stuff. But I'm way off track. Let's get back on track. <laughs> go back to final cut wherever we left That's off fine. someone died yeah. i think <laughs> um and and the hatchet movies i need to still watch two and three i've only seen the first one and i should rewatch that and then watch the rest of them but well yeah um, what you should do is plan to go to monster mania in new jersey in february and meet me again yeah, for like exactly. the third time right yeah maybe you meet, should meet. exactly just join you yeah yes and and we could we could do like um a live podcast afterwards oh man imagine if like adam green was like hey we'll come to your hotel room and oh, that would be fucking amazing it's really short like i think he's shorter really? than me yeah i think, he, oh my he's, gosh. I think he's shorter than me i have a picture of me him and alex Parday. oh that's like, cool yeah i'm like, sure i've seen it but i don't remember probably yeah. But he was really cool and friendly. I mean, they both were cool and friendly. So. Awesome. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, oh, and then this is when we get fucking what's his nuts. Um. Uh, Joey Lawrence's character Graham, um, comes up and says to Amy, "Are you okay?" And she says, "No." Fuck you. You're fine. Stop. <laughs> fucking answering no we just talked about this in the he last film upset because her man killed himself exactly but it's but like, has, oh has his twin God. brother shown up yet literally seconds <laughs> before that or seconds after that he shows up it's so ridiculous i don't know i vaguely remember being in the theater like going what yeah like is this really happening? Like this is this is the plot line you're going with, right? I just I'm such I'm so not a fan of twins, which is why I will not go back and watch the after the five year jump of Pretty Little Liars because yeah. ah anyway um so where are we at now? Yeah, so again the the music um, the score here. It's fantastic. Again, when she goes to see Travis's crime scene, mm-hmm. I it just they do such a good job with the music in this film, um, especially when they're when it's dark and they're outside. I don't know why <laughs> those moments stand stood out to me, but they did, um, and it's so good. But, um, and I thought the director used fog really well here. Um, I can't remember when I why I wrote this down exactly, but I remember it earlier in the movie, seeing it when it was kind of when uh, we were seeing Travis's face and the the projector behind him. Um, but I wrote it down later on, but I can't I can't remember why honestly, so I'll just skip that. But um, I and again I enjoy Simon, um, the the one dude like the uh, the helper guy, the assistant says, "Oh, is that is that camera blah blah?" And he's like, "Yes." And he's like, "Can I see it?" No. And he walks away to go smoke because he's Russian. And I was like, yeah, go smoke that cigarette. Doesn't the other guy call him a dick? Yes, exactly. Because that wasn't like a girl walked by and he was like, oh, she's hot or something like random like that. (laughs) And I'm like, that's probably the killer. That's the first first line that he says during this moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, hot woman or hot girl or something. Yeah. Um. And again, you know what? And that's interesting that you mentioned that. Is that an urban legend um, screaming at midnight? Because um, I don't know. And so yeah, I'm going I've to look right now. I've never heard of that. And like they hammer it home in this film. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's on um, 
list verse is listed as one of the top 10 chilling um, urban legends. It's num. see if I can find it here. Yeah, the scream nobody heard. Yeah, the college campus is apparently a tradition for students who live in the dorms to let loose at midnight, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, so I mean, this can't, this list is from after this movie, so maybe they just got it from this movie. Who knows? But, but you know what? The more uh, I know, think about it, I wonder if the urban legends, like in my head that I know, come from those like scary storybooks. Do you know which ones I'm talking about with like the really creepy, yes. twisted? Dude, that was my shit. I, I fucking love those. That was everyone's shit. But I, th- I wonder if that's where that came. Like, I wonder if that's how we heard all these urban legends. Right. That's how I heard like the hitchhiker one. Right. Um, the wedding dress the, on the bridge. Yeah, yeah exactly. The uh, the uh, the hook in the hand. You know, yeah. the hook on the car. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's how I learned about the those. Yeah. So I wonder if that's how we all. Like if that's how, right? We, and you know, obviously, it just wasn't there. Yeah. Print isn't as popular today as just googling, because God knows I Google every fucking thing. Exactly. You know, I'm still pissed at myself. I was at a, a mall, not recently. It was probably like seven, eight months ago, and they had like the urban or scary, sta- scary tales, whatever book that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And it was like all three of them, because apparently there's three in total. I only had the first two, um, yeah. and they had all three of them. And it was only like. 10 bucks or something and i didn't get it and uh, i really wish i did now didn't you i know but but i can but, probably find it on amazon phone i just haven't looked there, there's different versions because i guess recently they re-released the artwork. them and they changed all the artwork yeah and stuff i inside. think you were telling me that yeah and it's less scary and i'm like that, that defeats the purpose because i remember it always being twisted and kind of creeping me the fuck out when i was reading right. it because you'd be like oh yeah. that's, that's nasty picture what do you remember what those were called? I can't remember. I thought it was like scary tales or something, but that's not it. Was it. Just scary stories. Scary stories. Yeah, I just scary stories it. to tell in the dark. That's it, isn't it? Yes. That's scary it. stories to tell in the dark. Yep. Yeah, they have the three book collection on Amazon right now for fourteen bucks. See, I think it was on like a clearance rack at the bookstore I was at, which is like the only mall that has a bookstore in it anymore because it's like that just doesn't exist anymore. Like, which used to be like my favorite right. part of malls, but oh. A uh, scary stories treasury three books nine ninety eight you has that like oh, twisted okay. picture of like the woman's skull being like melting almost. Nice. Oh yeah, there it is. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, that's okay. What I... Yeah, we are off track again. This for fucking ninety sixty episodes, but anyway, yeah, I got to get that. But yeah, I don't think I own any of those anymore. But no, I know me either. But I was at the thrift store the other day, and they had a couple copies of one of them. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, I should just buy these. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I will. Maybe I'll just, like, send them to random people. There you go. It's always a fun thing to do. Speaking of thrift stores, I got a Wii U Classic Controller for, like, two ninety eight today. Hell yeah. Oh, oh yeah. you got that today? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot That's about it. I didn't try it out, but, it, I mean, it literally looks brand new. Like oh, that's cool. And, you know, I was like, oh, I wish I had this for Sonic Colors when I played through that. So I wouldn't have to Oh, use. gosh. Hey, do you but. see Sonic Mania was on sale for like 15 bucks through, no. I think it was like New Egg or something? Yeah. Now you poo on my parade. Now you tell me when I don't have money. <laughs> I have to wait till I get yeah, paid exactly. next week. Oh, man. I know. I can't wait till tomorrow uh, my bank account is like screaming. You're like, you're under this balance. I'm like, okay, I know. Like, just wait, just wait a day. Wait a night. But. <laughs> What's stupid is I get my pay stub on 
like we get paid on Wednesdays, which is really weird. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is. But we but I'm handed my pay stub on Monday. So I have to wait two days for my actual pay. But they don't give us checks. We can either get paid on like direct deposit or with a pay card. And Mm -hmm. I've thankfully gotten rid of the pay card. Thank God. I remember that fucking disaster. Like, like I can't add funds to it. Like everything kept. And I'm like, how can I be under? Like, just deny it. Exactly. Like, stop giving me like oh, a fifty cent charge fee for using something somewhere. Yeah, and then oh, putting man. me negative twenty four cents. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Ridiculous. God. <laughs> I guess that's how they make their money. Whatever. Yep. I mean, yeah, so I can't say much. I I do work for a bank. That's how I make my living, and that's how they pay me is through fees. But right. <laughs> either way. Um. Yeah. So back on track here. Um, I love that Simon is killed while they're screaming, just like in the legend they talked about. Well done. And he's killed with his camera lens. I thought that was even better. Um, and it ends with her hearing his his final screams through the microphone. I thought that was really cool. Um, do, do you just think she would have heard around. that, though? Well, I think because the people were standing right in front of her that she was hearing through the headphones. And then they stopped, and then you heard that. And so that's why I feel like she probably was hearing it, just wasn't able to pick it out against the other things. Right. Would be it, my guess. I bought it. Because it just seemed weird. So I was like, I don't know if she'd actually, like, would it pick up that kind of sound? Oh, I see what you're saying. Downstairs, yeah. like that far Outside, down. downstairs. But eh, probably not. No, I mean, I've never not. been on a film set, but I mean, like, if, if yeah. someone queefs, like, 10 feet away from the boom mic, is it going to pick up the queef or not? Like, I don't think it would. Yeah. I mean, it could right. be an SBD, but would it? I because it picks up like the camera lens hitting the ground, and mm-hmm. exactly. like, I don't know. But of course, this is me overanalyzing it because the film didn't set it up, and and right. it's not like a more comedic take on it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more of a serious film. Yeah, definitely. and those parts are the best part of well, outside of that awesome kidney missing kill. Yeah. You know, it, it's a more mature film, but I think it lacks in everything else that the first film did. And it doesn't feel like a the correct sequel that I was looking for. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. But anyways, the, so Simon's the, dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally. And then um, we get that moment when Amy is like, thinks she might have heard something. And so she like turns on microphone and is like, hello, hello. And then turns the light on. And uh, then, like, the the killer is wearing this Halloween mask over his regular mask in the window. And <laughs> that scene, again, very reminiscent of a scene in Scream, Scream 2, 2, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, but Gale it's, like... Audio group. Yes, exactly. Which yeah. is, like, and the it, most gut-riching scene because you can't okay. hear Dewey dying on the other side. Right. And you're like, no, not Dewey. <laughs> Oh, Fun man. fact, but Dewey I think was that scene was like die in the first film. Oh, really? Yeah, they only kept him a lot. They only revived him because the chemistry was so good between him and Gail. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that either. So, I'm full of info. I love sure the screen films. I need to revisit yeah. them. But um, I thought that was a genuinely creepy scene. Like I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. And the use of sound was fantastic too. So first you get like the killer hitting the low end of the piano. Boom, boom, boom. And then 
she is like using the chimes to distract him. I just thought that was really smartly put together. And I, I enjoyed that scene a lot. It, it, it's a good scene. But again, it just feels too Scream 2. I think that's what. I, yeah. That's what kind of kills it for me. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, they both came out in 2000. And frankly, this one might actually have came out before a couple months before Scream 2. I know Scream I see 2 what you're came saying. out in December. I know it was yeah, a this one came out in September. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's definitely not ripping it off, but because Scream 2 is just such a, you know, at least in, in you and I's, you know, our history, something that we love so much that it just right. feels like that to us. You know, you can't, you can't really shake that, I guess. Yeah. But, um, no, I love Scream Reese's line. to come out before that because wasn't Scream 1 like 96? Yes. So Scream oh, Scream 2, 3 was 2000, yes. Okay. Right? Scream 3 was 2000, yeah, I think. It yeah, that out. sounds about right. Because I remember getting that Creed. Um, Creed did the soundtrack for Scream 3. I remember buying yeah. it. Yeah, Scream 2 was 97, Scream 3 is 2000. My mistake. There we go. Yeah, I'm always confused with Scream because it doesn't feel like a 95 film or 96 film, whichever yes, it is. Yes, exactly. No, I agree with you 100%. Like Because to me, it, that feels old to me. Like, even mm-hmm. though I was only 12 at the time, yeah. I feel like I was older when I saw it. But I know I remember it hitting VHS and picking it up in its little silicone package around the, you know, soft paper of the VHS thing and renting it. Yeah. And watching it like three fucking times. Yeah. And just loving every like reference. I was just like, oh my God, I'm just like <laughs> jizzing yeah all over it's like katie holmes is in my bedroom right now (laughs) oh man because i think that's around the time katie holmes is on dawson's creek it has to be because i think dawson's creek when i talked to john wesley ship at the convention in may he said 20th anniversary was coming up so oh okay right Hmm. but i think he's plant they're planning a reboot and i think all of the original cast is gung ho for like a cameo of some sorts. So, oh, okay, that's always cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I mean, if Michelle Williams, I mean, she's pretty big. I mean, right? Yeah, she has a couple Oscar nominations under her exactly. belt. I mean, they're all really good actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. But anyways, back to the movie. I'm just. Did you? I thought it was interesting. Did you catch how much rowing imagery was in this? Because what? rowing, like R-O-W-I-N-G, you know, like the sport of rowing. Uh-huh. Um, so in the beginning, we see two a two team uh we see two team rowing at the start of the film when the campus is introduced. Mm-hmm. And then Amy and the killer, they run past uh rowing paddles, rows, I don't know what they're called, but anyway, um, when the killer's chasing her. And he and actually the paddles give him some fits, like the killer has to like knock him out of the way because it almost hits him in the head and blah blah blah. And then when Trevor meets with her to talk, we actually see another two man rowing team go by in the water below them. Like, mm-hmm. does that mean anything? Probably not. But I thought it was a really uh, odd inclusion. Girl, and I didn't Joshua understand Jackson why. was in the Skulls. Did you see the movie The Skulls? No, I never saw the Skulls. Out of college. And he was on the rowing team. And he oh. appeared in Urban Legend 1. I'm probably just pulling shit out of my ass and making it up. But probably. that is the connection but, I'm making in my head after there you go. an entire bottle of wine. So yes. that's where we're at. Oh, man. But I thought that was so weird. 
Um, and I love that Trevor says, trust me in the creepiest, the most untrustworthy way imaginable. Um, and I thought that was very fitting because all the characters and all the male characters, excluding those two we talked about, were pretty creepy in one way or another. But, um, and, and the Tunnel of Terror urban legend, have you ever heard of that before? No, I have not. And I look, you know, I look these things up because yeah. and I'm like, I don't know this one. Mm hmm. I didn't either, but I I think it's a cool like idea. I'd like to read a book with that premise. I think that would be an interesting right. book to read. But, um, but yeah, the this whole kill two electrocution deaths back yeah. to back. It's just a strange so choice, and it was like, lame. yeah, and and they were they were all together <laughs> different feeling to these two because they don't really fit into the urban legend at all, and they instead they just feel like maybe necessary kills for the murderer to get to his real target of Amy. Um, but I, I I don't know. It was just strange. But that's not his real target. Didn't they work on the film right. too? Yes. Like the whole exactly. thing is just I didn't, so convoluted. I didn't it when I wrote that, but yeah. Right. It, it's just so convoluted. I, I don't mm -hmm. buy it. And it's such a lame way to kill off like like back to back with like the same style kill. It's like, ugh. Yeah. I just thought that was lazy. I didn't I didn't like that at all. But it makes, um, I would, I really wish I had like access to the commentary. Like I will admit, mm -hmm. I looked online to see if I could stream like an audio only and just listen to it. Yeah. But I was SOL. Right. I, I'd be curious to hear what he had to say. Like why, why, why did you pick, why did you do these decisions? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um. The, uh, and that whole scene. So like that whole scene's weird. First off. They tell her to hit the red. No, no, no. The green button and then pull the axe. So what she do? She hits the red button, um, which was just stupid. And then like she's crawling on the outside of this ladder thing and the killer goes down without seeing her. And instead of waiting for him to continue and kind of get out of the way, she jumps on the ladder right away and before he's even off of it. And it's like, why not wait another 30 seconds while he's out of the, you know, out of sight and you can get away. Um... But it just felt like the whole thing is just there to kind of set up Trevor as a, you know, suspect, as a red herring, because... He loses sight of He's Graham. disappearing, exactly. And it's so stupid. I'm like, you are just pulling shit out of your ass at this point to just right. make yes. everybody a red herring. And it's like, mm -hmm. stop. And it's right. the one person that you're not making a red herring. Yes. It's the killer. Because he's not even in the fucking movie. <laughs> but... Um, and I hated the dynamic between Trevor and Amy. It just, it felt fake. It felt forced. I was not buying into it at all. Oh, that um, sex scene moment. I was like, uh, I know. And then I was like, really? And now they're fucking <laughs> like, come on. And then I, I'd forgotten that it was a, a dream until I saw the knife and I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank God. Because now, right. yeah, because that it's fine. You like the guy, and then suddenly you're fucking his twin brother that you know. didn't know existed. Exactly. Or um, the fact that really she's like some like Hollywood documentary daughter, yeah, right? Like, bitch, look at S Sophia, whatever her name is. What's her last name? Loren. No, is it Loren? Oh, Coppola. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean. I don't think she like it's kind of like the same scenario. Like she didn't probably go to film school and have to try to win a Hitchcock award. Right. Exactly. And I mean, she makes great movies. I mean, I haven't seen her new one, but yeah. Hmm. Um, 
Another moment I thought was really cool and really good special effects, like gore wise, was when the rat was crawling out of Sandra's dead body. I thought that looked fantastic. I loved that. When they're in that 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 bin or whatever where right. the dead bodies are. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, and then we get the point where she says, No, somebody changed the film on Travis's credits. <laughs> I now I don't it was stupid, but I don't know why. But I, I actually liked that. I was like, Oh, okay, that's interesting. But it was so fuck it's dumb. But <laughs> I because, because he's like, Oh, so someone put his credits on or yeah, no wait someone someone, should... someone put their credits on a different film she's like no they put <laughs> his credits on their film and i'm right. like that is right. so stupid oh, and i like i don't funny. think that's how that's not even why would you tape it that way why wouldn't you use normal tape <laughs> like the normal obviously i did projection so i know what kind of tape you would use you use little dots that's yeah. why you have the cigarette burns Oh, okay. Every twenty minutes in a film, so why would you have like? Why would you use basically normal tape that you would have? Right. Like it wasn't even like a clean splice. It was there was a gap. Like it was just <laughs> weird. Like, <laughs> like you don't think anyone's gonna notice? Right. Especially when it's literally their job <laughs> to watch film. Like you think they would know? Oh wait, what's that? You know. But um. And then you get Toby, who's set up as the killer, which I, I didn't think he was because he was just too obviously, you know, trying to be at different points, even though he wasn't in the film very much. Um, right. And I just, again, I really wish Trevor was because he's such an unlikable guy. But um, I thought it was really cool at the end because you get all of a sudden we're on the set of an alien film and then we're in the cemetery. And I was just like, oh, this is cool. I like these different sets that we're uh, spending time on. But um, and then we hear the motivation, and I thought that it was a weak as fuck motivation for this murder spree. The dude didn't win a stupid ass award, so that's what damned him to teaching. And then this murder spree—I mean, that is pathetic. Yeah, basically. But um, and I, I love that the, the at the end that the golden bottom of the gun that she did like coffees comes into play. Right. Um, and then you get the line, that's my sister, baby. She's a whole lot of woman. I love that. Um, <laughs> and then you get at the end, you get another film fake out. You know, they're filming their movie. You get the cool stunt fall, which I liked. Um, and then Brenda makes her cameo at the end, which I just loved. Yeah, I, I, I like the weird final music, moment. but I liked it. Yeah, very cool. Excellent. So what is your what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Urban Legends Final Cut? <clears throat> Urban Legends Final Cut is just not the sequel to Urban Legend that I was expecting, wanted, or frankly what the fans deserved. It's it's not full of Urban Legends as we know them. <clears throat> they're kind of debatable, I guess, if they're actual mm -hmm. Urban Legends or not. Right. Um, and it doesn't feel like the same kind of movie. And I, my understanding is the director didn't want to do a horror film at all. And it shows. And I'm not saying he's a bad director. He does some really good stuff. But the film as a whole just doesn't work as a whole. And, um, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> and I gave it a one and a half out of five on Letterboxd. And I'm going to... Stick with that as a one and a half out of four. Because okay. it just, it, it, 
it, it's sad when the reshoot stuff is the best part of your movie. <laughs> and I think that speaks volumes. You're missing the target of what you were aiming for. Right. Hmm. Okay, very good. So one and a half stars from Chris. So I know it sounds like I was, you know, shitting on the movie the whole time, but you know, my 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 final thoughts here are going to be a little different because I did enjoy what I watched. So, and I guess I'll I just need to admit it. I guess I'm just a mark for this era of slasher film because I've I've really liked the majority of what we watched so far, and I find that Urban Legends Final Cut, though not as good as the first film, I still thought it it's another one that is not talked about enough. Um, the motivation for the killer this time out is is very weak. Um, and not nearly as good as the first one, but I still thought the ride to that was enjoyable. Um, I like that there was a bit more gore here and that we get Reese in an even bigger role, even though it's not necessarily a stronger role. Um, but the, 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 the solid acting by Amy, um, and Reese, I think is, is really, uh, important to the film's success. So this one, it's not nearly as self-referential or as funny, but I think it makes up for it by making the kills a bit more brutal. And the sound design and the score are really standouts here because they're both just really well done. Um, sure, I wish there was more of a direct connection between our main characters to the events of the first movie. But having Reese reprise her role, it helps a bit. Um, I like this one as well. Um, and it makes me want to watch the final movie in this trilogy, Urban Legends Bloody Mary, just to see how this thing wraps up and see if it's anywhere near the same level as these ones. Um, so that said, I am going to give Urban Legends Final Cut two and a half out of four stars. What? Yep. So I, I that's mean, I, what I'm I, doing. I see what you, I, I mean, I see what you saw in it. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, right. different opinions. Although I do kind of want to see the third one again. I remember it being really kind of shitty. That's what I've always heard, but I've, I've never watched it. And I actually, I, I have that one as well. I just haven't watched it. Yeah. So I think it like full on goes supernatural. Like okay. it just. It that's just, what I was getting from it. Yeah. yeah from the box. I, I, I think that's what it does, but I, I really can't remember it. And, and that's a shame because there's so many urban legends. Like this should be like. It, right. This should be witchcraft. This should be the new witchcraft <laughs> urban legend. Yeah. And frankly, I'd be down for an urban legends reboot. They just reboot the shit, make a whole new story yeah, with all of your MTV people. You know, Kesha could show up or whoever's popular. Go. I don't know if it's fucking popular. <laughs> or whoever's popular. Some oh, boy man. band members, the Team Wolf cast. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. The offshoots from the screen TV show that got, you know, ousted, canceled, and now they've yeah. <laughs> been rebooted. Exactly. Oh, but, man. All right, so we are at almost the two and a half hour mark. So let's jump over to the final segment of today's show, the best thing, the backlog challenge, round 33. So this, of course, is where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. And as a reminder for this feature, each of us takes a look at the other's unwatched pile, be it their home video collections or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and picks one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenges them to watch that film before the next podcast, where they then give a quick review of the film. So... This week, um, actually, Chris, I picked one for you uh, when you, you know, you decided to join us this week. I picked one for you to watch. And uh, so you watched The Wicker Man from 1973. 
And I watched, thanks to Mark's pick last week, The Blues Brothers from 1980. So, Chris, talk about The Wicker Man from 73. And that was courtesy of me, by the way. Right. Well, first of all, I would like to point out I did not have a list. I had to create a list. Because I had a six month unemployment thing where I was like, I'm going to watch everything that I need to see. But somehow Wicker Man excluded or, you know, escaped me in the grand scheme of things. Like I've seen the remake, I've seen whatever, but basically it's about this guy who I want to say it's Ireland or some Scottish, it's some weird little town and bumfuck nowhere, like England, right. basically. And he, he's a policeman, and he goes there to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. I'll leave it at that for plot. This movie <laughs> is fucking weird. Like, I might have dozed off. I can't tell you if I did, because <laughs> it was fucking strange. Like, there's this weird song that plays, and it kind of turns into this musical, and then they're singing about phallic. Like symbols and sex, and then it goes mm-hmm. to like a schoolroom, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on? Like this shit is weird." And I mean, it's not a bad film; it's a strange as fuck film. Like, no wonder the remake was a disaster because I don't know what the <laughs> fuck happened. Like, right. there's no way you could like, there's no way you can modernize this film. Like, it's just one of those things that are stuck in time. Yeah. And, and I need I, to see the remake. Oh, it's bad. But I can see where now now that I've seen the original, I can see where Nicolas Cage <laughs> got his like mojo from for this movie. Yeah. And it, it's weird. And I remember wanting to buy the DVD when it was first announced because it had like some weird limited edition and it came okay. in uh like a replica of the Wicker Man. Like it was in a wooden mm. case that was shaped like the wicker man yeah i think it's pretty rare now and i didn't buy it and i kind of regret that but it's weird it's a weird fucking movie like it's kind of like a musical like it's a Mm -hmm. musical murder mystery like if okay actually if you watch the movie hot fuzz and made hot fuzz a musical and took out all the comedy this would be wicker man (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's what it would be and, um, that's an interesting comparison, yeah. I mean, I think that's probably some inspiration for Hot Fuzz, because, mm-hmm. you know, the twists and turns of Hot Fuzz, which I love. And my vinyl oh, ship today, finally, after fucking, like, two fucking weeks after ordering it. Nice. Whatever. Whatever, Mondo, take your time. <laughs> not at the San Diego Comic-Con, I guess I'm not, don't matter. But, um, right. no, it's, I, I don't know if I had, <laughs> Wiggerman is hard to review, because... I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. It's weird. It's mm-hmm. different. It's strange. It It's just fucking weird. And it gets stranger as it goes on. You've seen it, right? Yes. Yep. Did, did you find it strange and weird? Oh, yeah. I mean, just one of the more oddball films I've ever seen. Like, uh, I, I couldn't even, like, rate it. I just gave it, like, a 5 out of 10 on IMDb because I couldn't... <laughs> I just didn't have a good grasp of it. Like, it's just, it's something that you, like, we can talk about it all day, but it's something you really have to see to understand why it's the way it is. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you just, you can't really explain it without having seen it. 
Right. Back back in the day, like I used to be on the DVD boards on Game Facts. Like that was my that was my jank. That was my thing. Mm -hmm. Like I lived for that. And they talked all the praise for it, and that's why I almost bought that limited edition. And for whatever reason, it just kind of like went under the radar this entire time. Fucking 15, 14 years, however long it's been. Yeah. And if you're a fan of, I guess, the genre itself of horror, I mean, I don't even know if I'd call it a horror film. It's like folk horror is is (laughs) be Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. But if you're into like weird, like basically you should watch it like. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but I think everyone should watch it to experience it because it's an right. experience. Absolutely. It, it, it might not be good. But anyways, I'd give it a two out of four because it's just weird. But yeah. I think any lower would be insulting because maybe I just wasn't in. I, I don't know. I just don't know. It's that kind of film. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. And that's exactly what I, you know, I gave it on, you know, two and a four, two and a half out of five, five out of 10. Like, it's just one of those. And my, my letterbox review is says, um, what an acid trip of a film, dot, dot, dot. That's it. That's my review. Like, you just, you got to see it. Yeah, you got to see it to experience. I read your review before I saw it and I'm like, yeah. And I was watching, I'm like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about. Okay. There's some musical <laughs> numbers. Yeah, and then I was like, "Fuck! What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, but it just gets weirder. It's not that the film is like deep, or it has like some strange like symbolism. It's just fucking weird. (laughs) I don't know. It's just absolutely so cool. Well, I'm glad you watched it. So you gave it two out of four stars. Perfect. So I watched The Blues Brothers from 1980. So there was a time not too long ago that I was a big fan of steelbooks. So I spent a lot of money and time collecting them. And that's how The Blues Brothers ended up in my collection. Um, I forget who it was. Say it again. The Art Pop steelbook. Yes, that's exactly. (laughs) Uh, That's why I got it because there's these comic book style steelbooks. And I really liked them. And I wanted to collect as many as I could because they just look badass. Um, it had, you know, Ang Lee's Hulk is in it. Pitch Black was in there. Maybe Shaun of the Dead, I think. Um, like all these really cool movies uh, with awesome artwork. So I wanted to grab them. Um, otherwise, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would have purchased the Blues Brothers, honestly, because it's just never a film that was really on my radar. And if Mark hadn't picked it out for me to watch this week, I likely wouldn't have watched it for quite a while, if ever. But I'm really glad he did because it's um, it's a lot of fun. So the Blues Brothers, it's about two brothers the Blues Brothers, that's their last name, who believe they are, um, as is repeated over and over, on a mission from God. So he keeps saying, I love the way he says it. Uh, and I'm, uh, we're on a mission from God uh, to save the orphanage that raised them. And so they need to collect five grand in 11 days or the orphanage is going to close. because They owe this in taxes. So they decide they want to get their band back together that broke up and went their separate ways once one of the brothers went to prison for three years. Um, so this is a surprisingly goofy Yet expensive looking road trip like film where the brothers travel from one place to another trying to get their band back together and getting into all sorts of ridiculous trouble along the way. Um, And what's so great about the Blues Brothers is the casting and the music. Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi are icons and this film is, is a good reason why that's the case. Um, but other than that, they cast a ton of really famous musicians to play different characters, and they bring in their signature music to the soundtrack, including Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, James Brown, and Cab Calloway. 
So this lets the songs be as genuine as humanly possible because it's the real musicians singing. So they sound fantastic. And uh, the Blues Brothers is really, it's a movie musical, which I didn't expect yet. Um, even if you're not a fan of musicals in general, I imagine you'll enjoy it because the the music is so iconic. You know, it, I feel like it would this film could be an exception for you. Um, so aside from just having awesome, timeless music, it's also filled with some like ridiculously over the top stunt work, car chases, and even gunfights. Um, it's so ridiculous to see these things in this type of film, but it works really well because. Uh, John Landis, the director, he really goes for it like a hundred percent. So it works. They have this scene where they're like driving through a mall and it's just, it's so like insane and zany, but it works really well. Um, and it's the Blues Brothers, it's just a ton of fun. Um, but that said, the acting from the brothers themselves, so Belushi and, uh, uh, uh fuck, um, Dan Aykroyd. Ackroyd, thank you. My God, hello, brain fart. But anyway, um, it's it's almost stiff. I, I'm not sure the exact word for it. It's just strange. Now, mind, it's done purposely, but it's it just comes off as odd. And um, I really, it's like the only knock I could give against the film. Um, but even with that said, though, it doesn't really hurt it at all. It just gives it the strange vibe, which. Frankly, you might like that vibe more than I did. I, I don't know, you know, but it just, it was there. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it might take you out of it a little bit like it did me, you know. But either way, um, Blues Brothers is worth seeing for the music alone, which is fantastic. So I'm giving the Blues Brothers three out of four stars. Have you seen this one, Chris? <clears throat> you know, what? I th- I'm pretty sure I have. I don't really remember. Okay. Is it based off an, is it based off of an SNL sh- like yeah or I, think, I think that's right i think they may have been on snl before uh before the movie was made that's a good point that could be right yeah i'm not 100 percent sure I, i'm pretty sure i've seen it um okay I, I don't think i enjoyed it but i wonder if it's one of those things where i would enjoy it more now because yeah. here's my question for you because as soon as you started talking about it if you hadn't gotten into your vinyl and your, you know, rebirth <laughs> of music, would you have enjoyed right. this film as much? Probably not as much, honestly, no. Because yeah. um, it's really, it's, you know, so reliant on this awesome music. But And Carrie Fisher's in it too, who just plays this like random ass woman who is awesome in it. And it was just cool to see her in it. But Yeah, it's probably one of those films I should like revisit at some point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd I'd recommend it. You know, I'm I'm looking to see if this was based on an SNL skit, and I don't. Oh yeah, actually. Okay, so yeah, Carrie Fisher guest hosted the Saturday Night Live episode in 1975, in which the Blues Brothers debuted. So yeah, that answers that question. Damn. Good call. Good. Call. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, that was that was before I was born. Shit. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Man. Um. Mark, excellent. Mark so... might have been alive then. He he may he very well may have him and Ash who knows but um excellent so obviously next episode Ash hopefully will be able to be back and he'll be talking about Lilo and Stitch from 2002 with Tris you gave him Jesus I mean finally ago. God like I know three episodes ago Jesus exactly. Ash stop breaking the FTP servers exactly um and then mark once he returns we'll talk about the tension from 2011 but chris go ahead and give me a film to watch on the for the next episode 
I would like to say that I think you gave me detention to watch, and I really enjoyed it back in the day. Oh, good. Well, you know, I saw about 30 different things on your watch list, (laughs) and you haven't updated it for me. So I'm like, oh, I I know you watched that because I picked it for you the last time. Yeah. So my pick for you is, what year is this? I don't even know what year it is because I can't read. I'm blind. But uh, Battle Royale. Oh, excellent. From 2000. Battle Royale. That's awesome because that's one that I was thinking recently that I really wanted to finally watch. So perfect. That makes me excited as hell for that. Very good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So I will be talking about Battle Royale from 2000. I hope so. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. I know that... um, I made a friend watch it when I went to New Orleans for my 21st birthday. So that was like, okay, God, like 13 years ago. And I made yeah. him watch it. And he was like, you, you like some fucked up shit. I'm like, okay, <laughs> then. <laughs> oh, man. Because obviously That's that awesome. was pre Hunger Games. And I, I'm assuming you've either right. read or watched Hunger Games. Yeah, I've seen Hunger Games. Yeah. You know, the general idea. Yeah, exactly. So excellent. Thank you. Cool. So that's going to wrap things up for this week. So remember that we will be back not next Friday, but the following Friday. That is September 8th with a double feature review of Cut from 2000 and Valentine from uh, 2001. And as always, if you have a question for the Cinefessions podcast uh, team, Definitely hit us up on Twitter using that ta- hashtag InFilmWeTrust so we can bring back that question of the week segment. If for whatever reason you're not on Twitter, give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at cinefessions.com for any question of the week options. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it might be that you're listening to us. Positive reviews help us get more listeners, which is always the goal, so we appreciate you taking the time to leave us that review. And another reminder that you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So make sure you're following along on all those platforms. And also, Chris, remind our listeners where else we can find you online. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Wolverine Factor. Or you can find me on Letterboxd at Wolverine Factor as well. Fantastic. And you can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y... M-I-N-1. Fantastic. So uh, a huge thank you, Chris, for joining me tonight and and uh, reappearing here on the podcast. It was a ton of fun to have you back. I know. It's been pretty boring with just you. <laughs> I, exactly. It sure as I would have. I know. But I mean, I heard Urban Legend. I was like, I, you know, Mark's away. So I'll, I'll gladly take Mark's spot. He took mine. I'll take yeah. his. who knows maybe the next time i don't know what cut is but we'll we'll see yeah i have two weeks to decide so y'all might suffer through me again (laughs) absolutely well you're always welcome so very good all right so i want to thank everyone for listening to episode 103 of the cinefessions podcast and remember in film we trust we'll catch you next time (laughs) 